Wednesday, happy hum day. Thank you so much for being here. Another day, another dollar. Good morning to all the listeners around the world logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and to everyone logged on to JanoRadio.com. Got to apologize for my delay. Started on time, but for some reason there were some technical difficulties that the streaming was not going through, but we fixed that. Engineer on deck, me. <laughs> yeah, you learn to do things, right? Good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, November the 2nd. Thank you so much for joining me. The Coffee Until World News on the go. It is also hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. So we're playing songs of the ladies of soul and pop and rock. Yeah, that's what we're doing today. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. So now let's go ahead and get into the headlines we have coming up for you today. In the Caribbean corner, Independence Day changed to Barbados National Day. They are really purging over there in Barbados. Out of the Cayman Islands, WORC and Immigration Appeals Tribunal facing another court challenge. In Trinidad and Tobago, gotta say, right? One, 
Look out for four-day Christmas long weekend this year. In the Turks and Caicos, just barbaric, three murdered, including a toddler. We head on over to Jamaica, son taken into custody after mother's headless body discovered. Williams promotes class devotions instead of mass way at Oberlin. Bus driver in eight vehicle crash had 120 outstanding tickets. One cup of coffee. Ay, 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 ay. 120? Come on. In news out of... We're going to have those stories and more out of the Caribbean corner. In news out of North America. Extremely rare first edition U.S. Constitution could fetch $30 million. Biden tears into the grand old party and labels DeSantis Trump incarnate. <laughs> New York City employers are now required to post salary ranges on job listings. With days to go, Democrats' enthusiasm lags behind the GOP, and that's according to a poll conducted by the NPR. More details in the Uvalde shooting. It is now revealed that one student repeatedly called 911. Suspect in Paul Pelosi attack told police he was on a suicide mission and Donald Trump joins the Paul Pelosi conspiracy caucus. And I want to say this, oh, we're going to be talking about that one because the Paul, Paul, Paul Pelosi and the DePap, I hope that's how his name is pronounced, because there seems to be some interesting information floating around. And when you think about it, it makes you go, Anyway, U.S. job temporarily halts, pushed to obtain Trump's tax records. Didn't we say yesterday it's as though this man is like the Teflon Don? Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so why is my phone here automatic? You know, these smartphones are not really so smart. Let me just say that before I talk about the business and tech headlines. They're really not that smart because... They just take pictures randomly, screenshots randomly, not touching the screen, not touching anything. You know what? Makes you think that somebody's monitoring your phone for you. But anyway, the Amazon and why the world was watching Brazil's election out of Latin America. In business and tech news, what to expect from the Federal Reserve meeting and what if you want the blue tick on Twitter, you gotta pay up eight dollars. Are really are we really that desperate that we have to pay for a blue tick? How is it adding value to your life? Is it for your mental well-being that you need to have that tick so you feel as though yes, I'm a valid human being? Oh boy. Psychology at play. Health and science news. After promising trial results for maternal RSV vaccine, Pfizer says it will seek FDA approval this year. And doctors explain why mass shooters are usually male. And this is interesting because um, yesterday I heard a, I was listening to a conversation online. And there's a very interesting perspective also that I want to add when we get to that. So stay tuned for that. Um, in sports news, Major League Baseball has a diversity problem, experts say, and this year's World Series is proof. Mm, well, that's every sport, right? Hmm. So in Believe It or Not stories, a Utah governor, well, Utah governor, not a Utah governor, they only have one. Utah governor speaks out after viral video shows white teens dressed in blackface 
and prisoner costumes for Halloween. In entertainment news, an update regarding takeoff. Migos rapper takeoff killed by stray bullet record label claims. Huh. Three-year-old son of Nigerian music star Davido drowns. So sad. We're going to have the details of these stories and more right after this quick song or a few more songs. <laughs> Keep it locked, folks. Don't go anywhere. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. So today on Coffee and Joe, we are playing songs from the ladies of soul, rock, and pop. Taking it back in the day, though. knows this one this is the intro to a very popular one one of my favorites i have many favorites i used to sing this song a lot back in the 80s Listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Thank you to everyone listening online on JohnNoRadio.com. And of course, gotta say a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I am Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Oh, 
You can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and you can also find me on TikTok moments with me media. Coming up after this one from Aretha Franklin, we're gonna get into the details, and we are starting off with stories out of the Caribbean corner. Keep it locked. It is time for the Caribbean Corner. The following stories are courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. First up, we are starting off in Barbados. Independence Day changed to Barbados National Day. November 30, Barbados's Independence Day will now be observed as Barbados National Day. And that's according to Minister of Home Affairs Wilfred Abrahams as he announced the major change yesterday during a press conference. The Cabinet of Barbados took the decision to henceforth observe November 30 as Barbados National Day, commemorating our independence from Britain in 1966 and our transition to Parliamentary Republic in 2021, said Minister Abrahams. Throughout the month, the island will be a hive of activity with a myriad of events, including sports, culture, and heritage activities. The Home Affairs Minister stated that the national events calendar will be released later this week. However, he noted that the National Independence Festival for Creative Arts and Spirit of the Nation will be back in full swing. Abrahams also disclosed that for the first time, a toast to the nation reception hosted by President Dame, the Most Honorable Sandra Mason at State House, will be held to honor new national awardees. The inaugural Barbados National Day Ceremonial Parade will take place on November 30 at 8 a.m. at Kensington Oval. Uniformed groups will march from the Oval to the National Hero Square, where they will salute the Prime Minister and the Cabinet. The festivities will culminate with the first Barbados National Day concert to be held in the capital, Bridgetown. Yep, you're moving away, move away, right? Move away entirely yep so i'm here for that changing it from independence day to 
Barbados National Day. Way to go. Our next story takes us over to the Cayman Islands. WORC and Immigration Appeals Tribunal facing another court challenge. A notice of motion was filed in court on August 12, 2022, requesting that the decisions of the Director of Workforce Opportunities and Residency Cayman, WORC, and the Immigration Appeals Tribunal be set aside as they relate to the refusal of the grant of permission to continue work made by a man working in the construction industry. The reasons for the request to set aside the decisions are that allegedly there were erroneous, unlawful, in breach of natural justice and at variance with the regulations, and in clear contravention of sections 24.8 and 66 of the Immigration Transition Law 2022. The motion also says that the aforementioned decisions have placed the man's employers in a predicament, being that the man heads up the works in relation to a school building contract and completion of work on the court building situated in the old Scotiabank building. More specifically, the motion says that the projects are now nearing completion and are therefore fraught with breach of contract implications for the man and his employers. In addition to setting aside the decisions of the Director of Work and IAT, the man is seeking a declaration that the Director of Work and the IAT be restrained and prohibited from any and all actions, the objective of which is the detention of the applicant and or removal from the Cayman Islands. Hmm. Under any provision of the Border Control Law or the Immigration Law until an appeal is determined. The motion adds a mounting number of challenges submitted in recent times in relation to the validity of the decisions of the immigration authorities in the Cayman Islands. <sighs> I tell you something. As I'm reading this, and we recently, we had another story with the two Jamaicans, as a matter of fact, who were trying to establish their... Um, validity in the country in the cayman islands something went through my mind right so probably they're making it very difficult because they really don't want to issue any work permits any um residency and any what you call it naturalization citizenship through naturalization they probably really don't want to but they can't come out or they don't want to come out right and say it. They're probably saying, you know, we got to look after our own first. Our interest is with our own. And we really don't want to become a safe harbor for um, immigrants. That's probably how they think. I don't know. But that's the vibe I'm getting. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I really hope I'm wrong, right? Um, I say that in Jamaica, we should be looking within to fill positions. So I can't blame Cayman if they want to take that stance. And in taking that stance, they make it extremely difficult for immigrants to be able to um, set up shop, so to speak. So I can't be hypocritical, right? So what goes for the goose goes for the gander. Um, Yes, we're going to feel a, feel a way about it. But if we say we got to look after our own first, 
look after our own first. And that's, I'm not saying that's what they're doing, folks. This is what I'm drawing up out of recent um, things that have come to the forefront. That's what I'm assuming. Well, of course, we know what they say. They, we know what they say about making assumptions, right? It can make an ass out of you and me. Good morning, Alpha Labi. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I just want to say this real quick. Yeah, man. I didn't hear the full story. Uh -huh. But just a little part that I hear. Um, when it comes to Cayman, they put their own first. Okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I've been there um, before. Uh, my aunt used to live there and, and work there. And when it comes to them and, and their people, even right now my cousin is, is living there and working there, and trust me, they put their own first, and then <laughs> others come after. So is that a bad thing though, Afa? Because oh no, not no, that's not a bad thing. thing. Right. I mean, look at America right now. America I get everything to everybody else, and who them for take care of them not take care of. You know what I mean? Like oh, you gotta take care of other people and not take care of your own people. That doesn't make no sense. Jamaica the same. Um, every Friday I get every chance for put up shop and everything and do this and do that. But when it comes to them own citizens, you come after. It's like an afterthought. Right. Other countries do things different. China, Cayman, other countries, they put them own first. Make sure them, their people are good. Um, establish certain way of this, of that. Basic needs are met. You know, stuff like that. And then others, alright, we can start catering to others and help out others. Because right. we good and uno good and if we make uno good only vote for we and we can stay in the power and do this <laughs> and do that but if we continue to take care of other people before uno we're not gonna complain we're not gonna vote for it we're not gonna make us stay in the office yeah so simple stuff like that you know yeah, so yeah so Makes that's sense. not a bad thing all right perfect so in other words Jamaica could stand to take a page out of the books of the Cayman Islands, right? No hold the breath. <laughs> I won't, Alpha. I won't. But wishful thinking, <laughs> right? Wishful thinking. They you say, put it out there in the universe. Yes, you, you got to put it out there. They say charity starts at home. So I am going to say, so if my assumptions are right, I'm not going to knock the Cayman Islands for doing that. You have to look after your own before you can start giving to everybody else. We do it in our families, right? We look after our families, our in-the-house family situation first before we extend to others, all right? So, okay, Cayman. Next story, we head down to Trinidad and Tobago. Look out for four-day Christmas long weekend this year. And hold on, before I read that story, let me just pull up the calendar here because I want to know. Um, let me see. Christmas falls on a Saturday. How is that celebrated here in the U.S.? I'm a, so are, no, I'm lying. Christmas is a Sunday. Christmas Eve is the Saturday. How is that going to work in the U.S.? Do you get the Monday off seeing that Christmas falls on a Sunday? I'm not sure. How does that work? Somebody tell me. Type it in the chat, please. Okay. But in the meantime, I'll go ahead and read the story out of Trinidad and Tobago. Those enjoying the Christmas season will have more time to make merry this year with a four-day long weekend planned for the Christmas holiday. Under Section 3.2 of the Public Holidays and Festivities Act, where a public holiday falls on a Sunday or where two public holidays fall on the same day, 
The next following day, that apart from this subsection is not a public holiday, shall be a public holiday. Therefore, and I think this may apply to Jamaica as well, and Belize and other countries that celebrate Boxing Day may apply to Canada too. Therefore, the holidays would be observed on Christmas Day, Sunday, uh, December 25th, Boxing Day on Monday, December 26th. And also on Tuesday, December 27. There's also another four-day Christmas long weekend in 2023 with Christmas Day falling on a Monday and Boxing Day falling on a Tuesday. So yeah, the, if you don't work a Friday and a, uh, I mean a Saturday and a Sunday, yeah, look out 2023, you're in for that. Okay. All right. So start planning your holiday getaways, folks. <laughs> Are you looking forward to the Christmas long weekend? Those in the Caribbean, those of us in the U.S. kind of hating on y'all low-key, unless we have scheduled time off to be in the islands. But yeah, we low-key hating on you here. We, we, well, l- let me speak for myself. I'm hating on y'all real bad. But who told me to left y'all and come afarin? <laughs> All right, our next story um, is in the, out of the Turks and Caicos, barbaric, three murdered, including a toddler. Investigations have been launched into a shooting incident in the Turks and Caicos, where three people were found dead, including a three-year-old boy. The bodies of the victims were found in a vehicle parked at a dockyard. A seven-year-old girl who was also in the vehicle was found alive but injured and had to be taken for medical treatment. According to reports, around 6.57 a.m. yesterday, the Turks and Caicos police force received information from its police control room that two adults, male and female, along with two children, were bleeding heavily from gunshot wounds in a parked vehicle in Dock Yard. RTCIPF officers arrived at the given location and found the lifeless bodies of the adults and a male child aged three. Another female child aged seven who was also in the vehicle was alive and taken for medical attention for injuries received. The murder of the two adults and child is shocking and the circumstances of what happened are now part of an active investigation the criminals involved are in the minority and we need to all work together to bring them to justice these criminals are heartless and they do not care about life the rtcipf remains focused and determined to bring the perpetrators to justice and are being supported by colleagues from the uk bahamas and the united states Operations will continue to track down those criminals causing most harm to the communities and they should be prepared to spend most of their life in prison when they are caught. In recent times, we've been hearing too much bad news out of uh, Turks and Caicos. So I hope that they're, because it's a very small island with a very small population. So we are hoping that they'll be able to restore peace and normalcy so that their residents are no longer of course i'm here on google trying to pull up a little bit more about turks and caicos i want to see their population uh 39,226 that's literally everybody knowing everybody that's half of the crowd that was in the stadium for that concert in uganda right that we spoke about yesterday 39,226 that's a very small population. So it shouldn't be too hard for them 
to find out who committed the crime or who has been committing the crimes right yeah okay so we head on up to jamaica for the rest of our stories and this one is so 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 sad son taken into custody after mother's headless body was discovered the saint james police have taken a man into custody for questioning in connection with the killing of his mother whose headless body was discovered in the house they both occupied in the parish on monday the deceased has been identified as 53 year old michelle gail brown who was of a retirement saint james address reports found brown's decapitated body was discovered inside her house on monday afternoon this is after residents went in search of the woman after they did not see her throughout the day the head was later found under a bed the son who is reported to be of unsound mind was later taken into custody oh boy very chilling i must say very disturbing let me ask a question when it comes to a situation like this where you know the person is of unsound mind and in true caribbean fashion we try to take care of our own we don't want them um subjected to institutions right so we try to take care of our own we try to keep them at home and we feel we got this you know we have everything on the under control but in a situation like this where he allegedly let me say that allegedly committed this crime is this person capable of standing trial what should the recommendations be for someone of unsound mind when a crime like this is committed what do we do do we make do we test them first get a, a psych test done on them a psychological evaluation done or a psychiatric evaluation done or do we treat them as a normal person meaning as if they are they are of sound mind and have them go through the entire process good morning good morning good morning good morning <laughs> good morning so are you asking the question um, because of a law or are you just no, saying, I'm just, I'm just be asking. doing this? I'm just asking. I don't know how the laws are when it comes to persons of unsound mind, but I'm just, you know, just asking. Because I, I believe in the states mm -hmm. when your defense is insanity or whatever, they're going to, to test you. They're going to test you, but this is overseas, right? So I'm not really sure what the law is. the The other point is, especially on this app, I've heard of parents that have children that have these difficulties, and the parents, as a mother, you don't want to dash your, you know, children away. Yeah. But these parents are getting beaten up. They're getting hurt. They're in the hospital constantly because of what their children have done. When as a parent, do you say enough is enough? Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough call, Javette. It is a tough call. 
but I honestly think we have to make the decision as hard. It is better to have them alive in a facility that is um, that has all the, the, the things in place to be able to deal with them. It's hard. And you go and look for them, you know, as often as you can so that they don't feel as though they are neglected. If you can get them into a facility close by, you go and check on them. Um, you probably can't go every day, but at least every weekend you go and you spend time. I think that's the best thing. And, and the other thing is when they become of adult age, some laws, you can't even do much with them. It's, it's a fight. Yeah actually put them in a facility because now they're adults so okay they don't want to take their medicine we can't make them take their medicine you know it's a fight there too wow but i was thinking today and maybe i shouldn't say this but i it, it is it because we haven't been in the world for two years because of covid or is it just covid is showing all of these mental health issues in people because it just seems to be so extreme yeah or is it just because i just haven't been in the world so you know we haven't been around each other so there haven't been any you know big crime big this big that boy javette that's a very good question and it could very well be that covid because of the pandemic we were locked up right and we what did we have access to especially when nobody was going to work remember the few months when nobody was going to work and what were you what was going on you're stuck on your phone you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling or you're watching the news or you're watching movies now as the place started to open back up it says everybody went Oh my God, I'm let, you know, when you let an animal out of a pen, an enclosure, for example, your dog, you let him out of your kennel, out of his kennel, and he just goes, like he's crazy. Probably that's what happened to us. We were like, oh my gosh, freedom, what do I do with myself? I don't know. Um, but I want to know, I want to say that people during the pandemic, while being home, had the opportunity to think some were wrestling with their thoughts some were replaying past events in their lives um that made them feel uncomfortable and probably oh, probably overwhelmed them whereas when the place was open they could put it to the side and not deal with it because they were so engaged with other things if i'm making sense um so I think it's a myriad of things, but I want to think, uh, Javette, that some of these uh, atrocities, some of these heinous crimes have been going on. It's just that we didn't have access to the information as readily because right now everything is at the snap of a finger. Everything. As soon as it happens, boom, it's there on social media. And and I'm you saying social media because... Um, all the news outlets do use social media, right? Um, yeah. So it could be a myriad of a myriad of things, Javette, a myriad of things. But whatever it is, 
I think we have to have some program, something in place, and I don't know how we would go about it, where we do self-checks to see how we're doing. But even after having the self-checks, also finding safe spaces or safe people, um, therapists, whatever, whom we can confide in and express what we're going through. Um, I don't know if it happened in your household, um, Javette, but in many Caribbean households, especially in Jamaica, when you think back and you're, you're sad, you're feeling sad and somebody says, what's wrong with you? And you're like, oh, I don't feel so good today, blah, blah, blah. Man, get up out of that, yeah, man. I better get up and give God thanks for you have because it could have worse. Exactly. Yes. Pick up your Bible and go read. Yeah. That is what we're told. Mrs. You have you have a roof over your head, food on your table, clothes on your back, you pay any bills in there. What could your problem be? That was always the answer in most Caribbean households. It's not explain to me what's going on. What are you feeling? What is causing you to feel this way? That's not the conversation. And those are the conversations we need to be having. Yeah. So we were not taught to deal with our emotions. You know what I mean, Javet? We weren't taught that. We were taught to ignore our feelings. That's what we were taught to do. And yes, while we need to have a positive outlook and while we need to put a spin on things, and yes, we need to count our blessings and be grateful for all the positives and the good, you also have to acknowledge the things that are not so good and see how we can fix those things. Because if you keep suppressing, suppressing, and ignoring, 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 eventually that bucket, that barrel, that pail, you know, that we're piling those things that we're trying to ignore, it's going to get filled one day, isn't it? And then when it starts overflowing, what happens? We're now forced. Oh my gosh, I got to pack this up. I got to pack it up. Where can I stuff this? And then you realize you have no bucket, no box, no bag, nowhere to hide it anymore. And then what happens is that we deal with the issue by snapping at other people, being irrational, no tact in play. Sometimes we take it to the point where we get physical with people. It's as though people are ticking time bombs, Javette. Yeah, my daughter is learning that adulting lesson right now at her job. I used to always tell my daughter, I'm sorry, I'm done. Took you off of the, the <laughs> you took her off the, the breast. track you were on. <laughs> but I used to tell my daughter, just because you're feeling some type of way, don't mean that you need to put that energy on other people. You know, and yesterday at work, her boss was just, you know, she said, just mean for no reason. And I said, remember when I used to say to you, 
just because you're upset and just because you're feeling some type of way, don't take it out on me. Don't take it out on other people. I said, welcome to adulthood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried to teach you about that. The, now you're seeing it in the flesh. Yeah. And it's funny you said that. Had, had that conversation just yesterday as I was picking up my two younger sons from school. We were having a conversation about something some other child did. But you know what's at the root of this too, Javette? We, I think we highlighted it yesterday. We're not taught how to uh, settle conflicts. No conflict resolution is taught. The other thing that we're not taught, unfortunately, is emotional intelligence. Unfortunately. So we don't know how to deal with these emotions. We don't know how to get them in check. And unfortunately, we are out and about, and then we just lash out at people. Remember, um... When was it? Monday night when I spoke about the the road rage that happened close by home. Well, it was even closer than I thought because I remember when I said to Marlon that it sounded like somebody was boom, 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 booming on the wall. And I'm like, what the heck are these neighbors doing for Halloween next door? But they weren't outside. And then when son number three said he heard a woman screaming, it, what happened is the roadway started at the intersection and ended up in our neighborhood. They turned in our neighborhood. And that's where the shots went off. And that's why it sounded so close. Everybody's so angry. Nobody knows how to just calm down. If it's not going to matter in five minutes, Five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, five years. Let it go. We have to learn how to deal with that. Um, and that's what's going on in our communities. But we're going to talk more about that later on. Um, yeah. So our next story, Williams promotes class devotions instead of mass way at Oberlin. Mass devotions at Oberlin High School will likely be placed on hold, at least for the rest of the school term after Minister of Education and Youth Favel Williams on Monday encouraged school administrators to shelve the practice. Instead, the minister has suggested that devotional exercises should be held in individual classrooms instead of the auditorium. This follows last Wednesday's incident at the school that left the student population traumatized after a series of bizarre events during the school's regular devotional exercise. While a teacher delivered a word she said she had received from God during which she spoke in tongues for an extended period, a number of students started shaking and falling to the ground. Some reportedly started foaming at the mouth and several were taken for medical attention. Over the weekend, Williams urged parents to send their children back to classes on Monday after hundreds stayed away on Thursday and Friday. She said fewer than 100 of the 1,500 strong student population turned out for classes on those two days. On Monday, the minister journeyed to the Lawrence Tavern, West Rural St. Andrew School, 
where she met with school administrators and parents and also addressed the students. She encouraged the school's leadership to develop a closer working relationship with parents. And this was after the mother of a third form student expressed that parents felt slighted by how they have been treated. Um, I understand why you have general devotion. I'm going to high school in Jamaica. You had general devotion Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. If I remember well, I think Wednesday was classroom devotion. Um, you had, let me see, you had general devotion. You had classroom devotion. You would have um, house devotion. House devotion, you know, you're put into four houses, right? Um, for sports. Yeah, for sports. And then on this particular morning, you meet with your house. So for us back in high school, we had Trest Trail, Underhill, Webb, and Trafford. Those were the houses. So, you know, you meet with your houses and you have devotion that way. And that was an opportunity for information to be passed along so everybody hears it at the same time. Um, when you have general devotion, it serves the same purpose for announcements, for recognitions. Um, everybody hears the message at the same time. So that kind of avoids, um, well, I heard this, well, I heard this, I heard this, my teacher said this, my teacher said that, right? So I think general devotion is not a bad thing. What I think is that, she could have suggested probably changing the style of devotion. Probably changing the style of devotion. Yeah. My, my, my little two cents recommendation. Morning. Morning, James. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think um, devotion is, is different from, from preaching. Right. And it right. sounds like, because when, <clears throat> sorry, when the teacher said she got a word from God, <clears throat> that word, she should take that to our church. That shouldn't be at school. Yeah, so I think that that's the issue. Like, devotion is like, from what I remember, because I, you know, I stopped going to school from about 1865, so it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, from, from what I remember, it's like, you, you sing two songs. Um, I think... We did a national anthem too. Um, sing two songs, um, and what they call like a daily bread now. Like they would like have like a little reading from like a daily bread type of thing. Right. And and pray. And from what I remember, most times the students are the one that lead out in devotion. Right. Not exactly. the teachers. Exactly. So because you have to be careful. You have to be careful, like we, because, like for example, Jamaica is a is a Seventh Adventist dominant dominant um, country. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yes, it is. Jamaica and, and Haiti have, have the most Seventh Adventist churches right now. Um, and you have to be careful because if you come from a country that's so diverse with religion, you you have to be careful. And and the, the reality is that when people talk about religious extremists. Um, they think Muslim only, but there's a lot of Christians that are really extreme with their religion that believe that, like, there are people in Jamaica that put out their kids out of the house because God tell them to put them out. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. No, it is true. No. I've heard of it. I've heard mm. of it. 
Seriously, like even Lady Saw put out one of her sons since she became a Christian. She has so, children? Um, remember she adopt she adopt a lot of kids. Oh, I didn't know. Learn yeah, something she adopt. else today. No, she adopt a lot of kids. That's that's one of the thing that people used to love about her. Like she helped a lot of people. She adopt kids and, and, and the kids that she adopt, they turned out well, you know, doing good in school. But one of her sons, I think, um was converted to Islam mm -hmm. and she put him out. Mm. Yes, yeah, so so we have to be careful, you know, because when when religion divides people, so you you have to make it like neutral, so that because in that school you're gonna have Adventists, you're gonna have Catholic, you're gonna have Baptists. So try not to put a word and and try to convert the kids. Just just prayer, and 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 some some songs and and you know, yeah, basic stuff. So I think that's where they went wrong. Uh, yeah, because I'm accustomed to devotion from prep school, primary school, high school, even in the workplace in Jamaica, we had devotion every Monday morning and devotion, as you highlighted for us, um, one of the banks that I worked in devotion was um, the daily word or the daily bread. You would read the scripture that the, the accompanying scripture, read the text, sing two songs. Somebody would say a prayer and that's it. That is it. Nothing more. In school, it was the students, as you highlighted, who led devotion. And it was the same thing. Nobody preaching, nobody getting into, uh, uh, uh. And you would sing some sing songs or you would sing hymns. So I agree with you. They need to stay away from delivering the word, which is preaching. All right, so I jumped online, right, James? What is the most popular denomination in Jamaica? 65% of the Jamaican population are Protestants. 24% Church of God. 11% Seventh-day Adventist. 10% Pentecostal. 7% Baptist. 4% Anglican. 2% United. 2% Methodist. 1% Moravian and 1% Brethren Christian. So that's the breakdown of the most popular denominations in Jamaica, courtesy of wikipedia.org. Yep. Yeah, the, the thing with the breakdown moments, um, some of the other churches, most of the other um, um, denominations, they are franchised. Um, what do you mean franchise? Explain that for us. Please. So like, so like, if if you wanted to, to start a church tomorrow, you and Marlon could put your money together in Jamaica and start a church and call it so 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 and so Pentecostal. It's it's different from how like the Catholic and the Adventist church run. It, it's run under one government. So you can't own a Catholic church independently. You can't own an Adventist church independently. But like a lot of the Church of God, a lot of the Pentecostal, they're franchised. So you pay, you pay some money to, to the headquarters and you can operate that church. The offering stays with you. It doesn't go to like a governing body. So like you'll have so on, like you can have like moments, so-and-so Church of God. You can have like James, Radical Church of God, whatever. So, so that, that's the breakdown. So a lot of the, those Pentecostal and, and things, they're independent like independent owners, mm -hmm. um, they just use the, the name Pentecostal. And I think, I think, I don't know how the payment go for that, 
but they are, they are pretty much independent. They don't govern the same way. They don't have a world church like how Catholic and thing has a world church. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So next up, bus driver in eight vehicle crash had 120 outstanding tickets. The driver who was operating the coaster bus that triggered an eight-vehicle collision on Constant Spring Road in St. Andrew, and this happened on Tuesday morning, has more than 100 outstanding tickets. The police high command made the disclosure during a press conference that was held at the police commissioner's office in St. Andrew on Tuesday afternoon. A one-minute video circulating on social media showed the coaster bus was slamming into the back of a van, and the impact from that collision led to other collisions. Reports are that several people were taken to the hospital for medical treatment. The police said they will be stepping up the pressure on those motorists who continue to break the law. The police will continue to write tickets and arrest on warrants for traffic offenses. And that's according to Commissioner of Police Anthony Anderson when speaking at a JCF press briefing. There is no way on earth a commercial driver, an operator of a commercial vehicle, transporting passengers daily should be allowed to be on the road with one with over 100 tickets. So who is dropping the ball here? Why is he still driving? And this is the corruption we talk about. And this may be on the low level, but it is corruption. And look, it, it never ends well. They probably need to rethink how insurance is done in Jamaica and what it covers. His license needs to be put on suspension. He doesn't need to be driving for a while. But then now you, 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 you take that stance and you're going to hear, how oh, government, wicked, them are take with the man job. How am I going to feed him pitney? How am I going to pay him bills? Well, he need to think about that before being reckless on the roads. Stop throwing economics into the equation and let's think about lives. And we are too out of order in our country. No Lack of discipline. Nobody wants to adhere to the rules and regulations. It's a free for all. And the minute you put your foot down, you're a problem. How dare you try to regularize? How dare you try to normalize? How dare you try to get us in order? Well, what if you had killed someone? 120 outstanding traffic tickets and he's still operating a commercial vehicle? People who take the public transportation, people who rely on public transportation, they are trusting you with their lives. When you get on the roadways, with other drivers, licensed drivers, you are trusting that everyone will drive the right way, obey the road rules. Lack of discipline. 
they need to i don't know should i don't know I, let me not say it's not being done i'm not sure but they probably need and this is where technology is so important in the police force they need handhelds handheld devices and they go into the bus parks you you should have a traffic division i'm not sure they if they have one or not i'm just saying okay they need a traffic division police that go into the bus parks early as daylight before kakputani draws as some country people like to say let me see a license your scandal license or your typing them license number or whatever and boom the information should pop up right in front of you okay thank you i'm holding on to this your license suspended go to that is what needs to happen they need a division like that in jimmy if they don't have it already where they step up the technology everybody have a smartphone create an app you have brilliant minds in jamaica create an app that will hold on after that will allow the um police to operate in real time get into these bus parks get into these taxi operating stands take their license run them license because at the end of the day you may be saving the their life too all right go ahead Afo. was it Afo or james who was it first oh, i'm sorry okay Afo then james go right ahead yeah i could have sworn they already had that a couple years ago when they have the smartphone thing where they scan your license it was like if I'm not missing, like, I don't remember exactly how many years, but I could have sworn I already had that um, in place. And yeah, and yeah, I could have sworn I already had that in place. Okay. Yeah, I know and said, yeah. They don't but have are like they big... using it though, Afro? They... No, that's the thing. Because I'm <laughs> a catchman who will have 1,000 something outstanding ticket, 800 and something outstanding ticket, 900 and something. They may report it over the news. Oh man, I have 800 or 900 or even 1,000 something outstanding ticket. I know the, I was in a, a, a taxi accident in 2017, right at the half a tree bus park right there. As the man leave out at the, the, the taxi station, um, we'll go a three mile taxi stand. Yeah. Yeah, three mile taxi stand as him leave out and make the turn, like turning left to go up by, uh, I don't remember this though. Like he, he, like he might go up to Poppy inside. Mm -hmm. As him go around the corner, the man just crash. Wow. As him go, moments we saw the man take the corner, and the car flip over upon the side and everything. I just get my money after from 2017 till now. I just get what I'm supposed to get from a lawyer then. Wow. I uh, feel hunt down the man. I feel like me I feel do the police them job because them in very 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 incompetent. I'm telling you, you know, people just go in a police force just forget benefits and money, you know. People just go in a government just forget benefits and money. They're not going there for the what they're supposed to do. Because me, the amount of time I go and I do the police, them work. Me, 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 a morning time I got um, for go to work, I'm going to go to the taxi stand, I'm going to look, I'm going to see him, I'm going to sit in the car, I'm going to take out my phone, I'm going to take him picture, um, I'm going to zoom up, take him license plate, and I'm always a change, change car. I'm going to go to the police, them say, officer, we meet our accident on such and such date. These are the lies to play. See the video evidence here. Come out video evidence, picture everything at the vehicle getting an accident. You know, one, 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 one,
and I show them it and everything. He write them information and say, alright, um, um, you give a call or just go to the station. Go. But some report it. I report it already from the day of the accident. I report it. All of them something there. So, so see the information. Just keep a look out. This is how the man look like. This is the car with me crashing. Now I spot him in a disc car now. See the license plate here. I, I, I do all of them something there. I come from work hours at night. I come from up at UTech. I see him again in front of me. I feel zoom up because I say him around for change car. I'm a change um I zoom up on the new license plate, take it, all kind of something. So me and me I do the police same work. I mean I say no man <laughs> come here be a police officer. You should have you been. <laughs> yeah. So me, me do all of that. Um, I just him name. Me a girl, me a talk to other toxic people, like the other toxic man them. I say, yo, what 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 what's real name? And they must say, boy, I'm not know him real name, I'm just know him as you know him, him alias. I'm say, alright then cool. And de 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 and what? Before me leave, look a bit before me leave for come over here. Me that work at the AC hotel. That was my last location. The AC hotel. Mm -hmm. And me spot him in one of them toxic places, uh, one different oh a gat a gatch pro? A gatch pro uh, one of them new toxic places where them them have the C B radar or whatever it is. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm a spot him and I see him and I say yo come he not even remember me. Cause so, as I meet at the accident, he jump out of the car and make a run. So he not even know who and who he pick up. So when I spot him, me I say yo I don't remember exactly what I said, but I go up to him like me don't know him. I'm ask him some simple stuff and I say, yo, and the taxi, yeah, which companies and I tell me, I'm so cool no, man, yo, respect man, I'm gonna get him the number off of the taxi. And you know what I did? Again I do my police work. But call in, I pretend for be a guest at the hotel, put on a look of foreign accent, foreign accent, <laughs> you know. Hey, um, you know, this um one of your drivers, he just dropped me off at the AC hotel. He, he, he was an excellent driver. Um, I would love to know his name so that um, you know, the next time my wife and I come back here, we can, you know, um, ask for him. You know, I'm and him say, oh, oh, okay. Um, well, what's his number? I'm gonna give them the car number. I'm say, what's his name? Um, uh, you know, and she look and she give me his name. And when she give me his name, I call my lawyer and say, yo, but just get the the boy name, you And say same full name, yeah. I just say my word now, and this had the taxi number. All of them something there. You get me, I say? So them police out here are very, very incompetent. They don't have no sense. Them just got one, a bad man in a uniform. Now I say all of them, some of them, a bad man in a uniform, I know that's a fuck. I know that's a fuck. Yeah, bad man in a uniform, some of them. And some of them just go in there just forget the benefits and the money. Same with the military. Them just go in there forget the mili um the benefits and the money. Right. Because when in the Jamaica Defense Force, them one then go 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 Iraq and all them so, places so, to go fight war. So let me ask you a question, um, Afo. When you as mm. you were doing the investigation, did you ever ask the police that if they have handheld devices that allow them to check license? No, I never asked them okay. because the reason why it's the company news and I remember when it kind of just come out and I okay. talk about, yeah, you know, um, this is a way where we can check person's license um, with this, yeah, on the spot All to right. see if they have all standard ticket. Oh, like a cell phone or some tablet thing. Sometimes they walk around the half a tree, I see them have the tablet, um, like a couple of them, and some of them have a, a tablet. Or you know, a tablet or a phone. I must see some with tablet, I must see some with phone. All right, so what we yeah. need to do then is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do a follow up to see if 
they still have that in place and if it is still being used and how effective that is because if it's being used and it is effective this would not have happened this accident would not have happened all right next up grabbing success by the clause this story courtesy of uh, the jamaicaobserver.com her youthful looks belying her 43 years makisha walker fought to hold back tears on tuesday when her daughter alexia hibbert surprised her by turning up in graduation gown at her workplace crab circle from where she has toiled for years to fund her daughter's university tuition at about noon noon shortly after the tropical storm lisa rains held up hibbert tiptoed up to her mother's store located at national heroes circle in kingston and greeted her with a hug just after walker had finished serving a customer a cup of soup walker had no idea alexia would be showing up that hour of the day when she had left home that morning there was no indication that a plan was afoot we have to rent the gowns for graduation. So it was at my home for a while. My mom knew the gown was supposed to be home, but she didn't expect me to pull that surprise on her. She just thought I brought it home for graduation. The surprise was worth it. My mom has been working very hard. Even if she's tired and doesn't feel like going out to work, she gets up. Knowing that she has two girls to send to school and that we had to make it out successful, said Hibbert, who will graduate this Friday from the University of the West Indies, Mona St. Andrew. We're actually from Fletcher's Land, downtown Kingston, but she moved us away saying she didn't want the ghetto life for us. So she had to push. Since I know her, she's always come out and she keeps it going. I decided to come out here today to surprise her. She said that her father supports her, but her mother did the most for her financially during her university years. The 23-year-old admitted that being the first of her relatives to graduate from university makes her even prouder. She now holds a Bachelor of Science degree with honors from the University of the West Indies after pursuing a major in political leadership, strategy and management, and a minor in political science. Her mother said, boy, I feel very good. Some people don't even make it past the first year. Some of them drop out. So I feel very proud of myself. The fact is that I am basically a role model. She also said she's a role model for her sisters and her cousins because thinking that she's the first graduate of the family, they may be more inclined to follow in her footsteps. Recalling moments when her mother went the extra mile to make a living for her family, Hibbert said even her mother wasn't doing well physically, even if, and if there was bad weather, she was determined to sell her crabs and soup determination, consistency, hard work, believing in a goal, pursuing a dream. This young lady graduated from university with second class honors and she says, my mommy did it. I'm going to go to the next level because I'm going to pursue my master's as well, she said. And I'm going to say this, we know the landscape that we are playing on, that we have to navigate, 
that we have to survive. But your wanting to succeed has to be something within you. Nobody can put it in you. You have to want more. And that's where it starts. First, conceiving the idea. Daring to believe. Daring to dream. And then carrying out the action plan. Do your research. Hustle, 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 hustle. You try to sit no work, you try something else. That no work, you try something else. But too often, we fold our hands. And what do we do? We talk about the past. And we live in the past. And we live in the blaming of everybody. And 20 years go by and we're still saying the same thing. We're blaming everybody for our misfortune. Well, I'm here to tell you there are many just like this young lady, as she did for her children. There are many who are living the uptown life because of that determination, not waiting for anybody to give them anything, not waiting for anybody to correct the past, but realizing that their future is theirs to control. They will have to make the change that they want. And I would implore everybody to stop sitting down and waiting. It's not going to happen. You got to do for you. You have to do for you. Getting up every day and complaining, nah, change, nothing. Okay, what are you going to do about it? You don't like the idea that every time you look up, you see water drop down through the zinc fence. What are you going to do about it? Boy, I'm away from government for care one sheet of zinc come give me. And if they never come? Boy, I'm so going to sit down here and hold my hand for my jaw with your tansy, you know? And if they never come? Just as, and I, <laughs> I probably should not say this, so I won't say it. But just as how you, but you know what, let me put it nice. Let me, let me try to be tactful. Just as how you can find the money for each a dance. Just as how you find the time to go have fun, air quotes. Just as how you find it when you need it for certain things. Get up and go find it. Be creative. You're a brilliant set of people. Just short-sighted. And I'm saying this again. Stop. Wait. Because you're going to be waiting in vain. Rub shoulders with those in your very community who are doing something positive. Who have taken the bold step to do something positive. If you're working in a supermarket as a cashier. Talk to people that you're checking out their groceries. You look at how they're dressed. So what do you do? Don't be afraid to ask questions. How can I accomplish success? How can I get to where you are? 
not everybody's going to share their success story. We know that. That's a, that's the truth. And you know what I found? That everybody is successful, but them not tell you how them reach there. Yeah, that, that's commonplace. But don't be afraid to ask questions. I can lead you to the water, but I can't force you to drink. And I'm proud of this woman. Single mother. Even when she did not feel like it. She got up. Rain or shine. And go do a shafido. Sell the bush crab them. Sell the soap them. Because she wanted better for her children. Stop making excuses. Try. And if one way no work, try another way. But don't give up. Don't. Saw a video of a little boy in St. Elizabeth. He has to be about eight or nine. I don't think he's past ten. He is at the drive-thru and he's, it seems as though he sits there every day. But this little boy, he sells produce, vegetables, seasoning, fruits, whatever he can get to sell. He sells it so that, and you know, a young man in his vehicle pulled up to the drive-thru, called out to him and said to him what's going on why are you not in school and he said i am save trying to hustle i'm selling these little things here so i can save up the money my birthday is coming i'm trying to raise the money so that i can buy a pair of shoes and buy a school uniform because no this child is not even he's 10 or less and here is what he said that stood out to me, which I thought was very profound. He said, crime is not the way. That's what he said. Crime is not the way. And I, I let me, did I, did I save that video? Let me see if I, because I saw it. And I, not, I'm not sure if I saved it because I don't want to misquote. I really want to, um I, don't, I didn't save it oh my gosh i can't believe i didn't save it but yeah i can't send it to you oh yeah yeah oh, sonnet, i'm so sorry what i thought i moderated you sonnet. oh my gosh you're saying i'm a multitask me chat 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 sonnet i'm like what the heck is sonnet doing down there sonnet i am so sorry my apologies <laughs> oh my gosh Okay. okay, good morning. <laughs> good morning, right. Sometimes no power is good. I'm sorry too. I'm driving. I wasn't looking at the screen. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I do apologize. Okay. I do apologize. Yeah. Yes. So you sent it over. Um, You sent it to Instagram? Afo. Yeah, I just did. I just sent okay. it over to Instagram. All right. Let me pull it up. Thank you. So I wasn't the only one who saw the video. Yeah, let me let me see if I can. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to miss quotes. I would definitely want it to be heard the right way. Uh, I thought I didn't get it. The one with the little boy. Oh, the little boy. Oh, Matika, yeah, I want the little girl. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The little girl. The one with the girl. The one with the boy. The little boy who um. Oh my gosh, I was sure. No, you know, Sam, I know, I'm sure I'm not losing my mind yet. 
I know I saved that video, but I was truly inspired by him. Ah, I found it. Hold on. Let me tell us something. I'm not altogether gone in a people. I have some, a little bit, not a lot. Here we go. I found the video. So I can play it the right way. So you can hear for yourselves. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Fraud. Oh God. Oh the oh the seal today. I go and go to my birthday. Close to my birthday. Your birthday? Close for his birthday. Twenty-six of this month. This month. I gotta try grab. Huh? I gotta try grab for your birthday. So the school. Now roll back in that school. Yes, I'm a safe. Which school you have for now? Where? Signal Pagan. Signal Pagan? Okay. So how much you are on them the phone? Hmm? How much you, how much you, about three that, that's about quarter dozen? How are you sell them? Uh, one fifty. One fifty. And how the carrot? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars? Okay. So that's all they have? Hmm? That's all they have? Okay. Only you have money in your bag? Uh -uh. So where you get the stuff from? Buy and sell it back. Buy and sell it back? Yeah. So you just say they are sold out here? Okay. So that's how you sell you sell sweet pepper and something? Yeah, but they're done. They're done? Alright. Like your hustle still. Alright, so this is three grand, see? Thank you, sir. Yeah, man. Oh, make, make sure you flip it, Dwayne. Yes, sir. See? Yes, sir. Double up on your stock. Yes, sir. Isn't it? A product. Yes, sir. You almost said double. Yeah, man. So double up on your stock. Yes, sir. Isn't it? And we find a way, and we drop a basket. I'm not promise it still. But we find a way, we make something richer. Okay, if you're there all the time. Yes, sir. I'm always there, sir. You're always there, sir. Alright. See? What's your name? Anthony. Anthony Ellis? Yeah, some people call me Andre. Okay. The other day, he said, rather than thief. The other day, we spoke in here when um, Fabian invited this young lady from Mel Streets, Melissa, to come and speak about the um, initiative that she has where they raise money to give back and we said if i remember well we said that we would love to find so even if we could start with one child and i'm glad this story came up today it served as a good reminder you ever wonder sometimes in life why certain things happen they happen for a reason so i'm glad i saved the video and i'm glad this article Grabbing success by the claws of this mother who sold crabs and soup at National Heroes Circle every day so she could send her child to university. She has two children. She's sending them both to school. And this one has graduated second class honors from the University of the West Indies. And I remember we said that if we could just start with one child, well, here goes one child. I'm going to listen to it again so that I can write down his name. I'm going to listen to it again so I can get the name of the school that he attends. 
and I'm inviting. I don't normally talk about what I do. I'm going to be very honest. I hate talking about what I do. I do live by the, 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 the um, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I do live by that. But I'm going to invite anyone who would like to be a part of it to see how we can help this young man focus on school 100% rather than having to hustle to send himself to school. I'm not going to ask about his parents. I'm not. Because that will take me on down a whole nother avenue. But this is a young man who wants to be successful. This is a young man who is driven. This is a young man who is bright and has potential. So when I find more information, I will pass it on to everyone and I will ask that you all make your connections with the school or if anyone knows somebody in St. Elizabeth who is able to reach out to him so someone remind me please at the end of the show to make a note there are people who want a, a different outcome. Go right ahead, Javette. Go right ahead. I have a problem. Yes. Not ahead. allowing yes. children. I have a problem not allowing children to get an education because they can't afford a uniform yeah. or can't afford shoes. And I've always had a problem with this school fee stuff. Because I'm not understanding why the education is not public and open to all. Yeah. But I will be joining you on this, um, on what you're getting ready to take up right now. This matter you're going to take up right now. But I've always had a problem with that. And I know that we don't want kids to go to school in ripped up clothes because that's just going to distract, you know, because they may be bullied. Right. But I... I, I why can't the like my daughter went to a, a charter school in the city before we came to Houston and when she grew out of her uniforms which was fast because you know when they're younger they grow up real fast yeah the parents donated it back to the school for the children that couldn't afford the uniforms right. gently used clothing and I know some people have an issue with that but if I have to wear a gently used uniform so I can get an education, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I yield. Thank you. Thank you so much, Javette. Thank you. I'm going to research a school. I'm going to call the school directly. And that's why I need to listen to it again so I can get a hold of his name. Um, I may go back to TikTok and look at the, the person who posted the video to see if I can pick up what business place it is because they if he's there all the time they're pretty familiar with him and why, why is somebody going to help him but anyway i'm not going to argue about that that's not my business my business is to see how we can get him to his destination i don't have much i don't have much but i am sure whatever little i can contribute it can help him I do have some gently um, used clothing as well. 
I'm not sure what his size is because one thing I take care of my pit of them clothes because from <laughs> it's so funny. My oldest is 24 now and I still have gently used clothing that he used to wear. I have for my 23, I have for my my 24, I have for my 22, I have for my 17, and I have for my 15. You look at them, look like them not even wear yet. So I'm going to see. All right, so I'm going to get the information and I'm going to pass it along, Javette. Thank you. Next up, investors eyeing Jamaica for business amid sustained economic growth. Minister of Industry, Investment and Commerce, Senator Auburn Hill, says investors are looking towards Jamaica as a place to do business as a result of the continued performance of the economy. Senator Hill was speaking at the Sajikor Price Mart credit card launch in Port Moore, St. Catherine, and this was back on October 28th. Mr. Hill noted that as a result of deliberate actions by the government, the climate for investors is right, with consumer confidence at the highest level it has been in 20 years. Senator Hill advised that the move by Sagicor and PriceMart is a positive trend which will improve customer experience while company improving profits. The minister says despite the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on the economy, the government has been keen to ensure that thoughtful financial grants and support mechanisms are in place to buffer any severe immediate and long-term effects. These, he said, aided the country as it experienced the fastest recovery from any such emergency that has occurred. All right, then. How much money president said yesterday did come on Jamaica for us? Over a billion. Was it President O'Neill? Over a billion dollars. Well, that helped pump up the economy. Lord help me. Forgive me for taking a bad thing, Tonjo. But, um, yeah. Let's see what these investors are. Let us see what parameters they're going to set with these potential investors. Let us see if it is going to be a total sellout or if, they are, if the government is going to insist that the government of Jamaica, be it, part, be it PNPO or JLPO, that whichever government, the people of Jamaica will stand to benefit. And when I say the people of Jamaica, um, yes, that's what I mean, because the people benefit through taxes, through profits, uh, and these taxes and profits can go into infrastructure, healthcare, education, nursing, roads, water, right? We have a plethora of things that need to be addressed. So I don't want it to be that investors are allowed to come in at zero to little or let me put it this way let's say it right little to zero taxes they're getting these huge tax breaks and um nothing to show for it yes they're going to have to um, uh, and i want them to employ people from the highest level of management down not up not down moving up where the top positions are reserved solely solely for foreigners Right? Because we have bright minds in Jamaica. So I need them to be very strategic, extremely strategic, and advocate for the people of Jamaica. All right? Go ahead, James. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think one of the problems with, with Jamaica, because Jamaica, we all know it's, it's a beautiful place. It, it's, it's a very fruitful um, country. 
the 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 potential, the the the, the human resources, the natural resources, everything is there for Jamaica to be a developed country. Mm -hmm. um, what is stopping Jamaica from getting to that next level is corruption, and both parties uh, have no appetite to kind of um, cut off corruption because both of them benefit from it. It's like a partner draw. Like you know, when I <laughs> when my party go in, like me get my draw. When you go in, you get your draw, because the government need to separate themselves from a lot of the the the, the um industries there like we're talking about um transport transportation earlier the transportation sector um the failure of the transportation sector is the government because um with the um transportation authority like every time a government change the new government they're able to 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 um fire all the board members and get their own people in and that is the problem. If if it if it's an independent body, you see, like how oh, the, the PSOJ is independent, um, whoever on on, on on the board and, and stuff like that, government can't touch them, you know. Um, and that's how a lot of the sectors need to be. Like the transportation need to be that way. So like when government changes, like no no prime minister can influence the, the board, and and put their people in. Uh -huh. So so I believe. Yeah, just separate. The government need to separate themselves from, from all of these things to make it, it flow better. And Jamaica can develop better in, in that way. Because investors, you know, I said it the other day, getting foreign investors is not the, 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 the ideal thing. Right. You know, I think Jamaicans would be more comfortable if people in the diaspora can come back. Because we have an interest. Like, a lot of people... Who, who leave Jamaica and make millions of dollars um, living in cold countries would love one day to be able to go back to their country, be able to walk on the street, eat some mango, eat some orange, and don't and not in fear for your life. If I'm born in South Africa, in England, in Canada, America, and my intention is to make money, when I'm investing in Jamaica, I don't see people. I see numbers. Um, so that's why I feel like you know, going after people in the diaspora with, 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 with capital mm -hmm. resources to help develop the country is the way to go. And it, it's so disrespectful that every time a government comes in office, they go to Canada, they go to England, they go to America, in the places where the, the, the diaspora is, is very strong, and they plead to come back and to buy homes, they plead... Um, to, to, to remittance and stuff like that. But I've never seen them talking about investing in Jamaica like on the level that they're inviting foreigners to come and invest. The, the, mm. their, their idea of investment, when they come like to the, the Jamaica Canadian Association, when they come and they have meeting in Canada, they're, 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 they talk about like investing back home in terms of buying properties and stuff like that. Um, talking about, um, you know, thanking the, 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 the Jamaica Canadian Association for funding schools and stuff like that. But I've never heard them say, like, look, if we can find 10 Canadians that can come up with 50 million Jamaican dollar, we will sell you part of um, JPS, or we'll do this, or we'll do that. Only foreign investors get those opportunities, and that's why the country can never be better. All right, so, so we have highlighted the problem. So let's highlight the solution 
and you did that by suggesting that um, those in the diaspora be invited to be investors on a macro level, not a micro level. Can I ask a question? Yes, sure, definitely. So if we're not invited to the table, do we not try to get to that table on our own? Facts. Do we now go, or shouldn't we now go up to that table and see what it takes for us to get there? Facts. Because I don't think we're going to be invited most of the time to do much in this country. So that's my question. Yeah, yeah for, for me, like, I've been waiting for, you know, I guess the pandemic kind of messed up things a bit. But I've been waiting for Angie Owens to come here. Because what, ha what happens sometimes when they come, they have a lot of yes people in the diaspora. Like a lot of people that identify as PMP or GLP. And they go to these meetings and, and they don't ask tough questions. And I've been waiting for him to come to, to kind of disrupt, to kind of ask some tough questions. Because as I said, like, Jamaicans, like, Boot Stewart is, is a perfect... Um, success story like the government helped Boot Stewart to, to acquire Sandals and, and, and Sandals is one of Jamaica's biggest success stories. Sandals was one of the only hotel that, that retained most of its money in Jamaica uh, and, and have Jamaicans working all across the Caribbean in leadership positions. So yeah, you have a lot of yes people that Andrew, uh, Andrew Wallace will come to these, these um, associations. Hold on O'Neill. Yes, go ahead James. And owners will come to these associations and they don't ask tough questions. Because, like, for example, the Jamaica Canadian Association, there's a millionaire in Canada that um, they, they had a meeting at the, the association about a year ago. And this guy was a keynote speaker and he was addressing young Jamaicans, like Jamaican from Jamaican parentage and or Jamaicans that are here for university and stuff like that. And he was trying to encourage them that you know, we're powerful as Jamaicans and what we can do. And at the end of this guy's um, speech, this guy take out his checkbook and write a check for about 300 and something thousand dollars to pay off the mortgage for the, the Jamaica Canadian Association so that they can be mortgage free. These are the type of people that are in Atlanta, in, in, in England, all over the place, in, in the USA, in, in Canada, in all over the world that they have capital and they want to invest. They, they, they can buy stocks in, in, in JPS, in, in all of these places. But the government inviting Chinese people, inviting um, people from Germany, people from all over to invest. And they only see numbers. Only see numbers. They don't see anything else. They don't see us as people. They only see numbers. I'm coming to make money. I care less about the crime. I just want to make my money. All right. Thank you, James. Go ahead, O'Neill. Hi, 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 hi. I just, good morning, everyone. Good morning, morning, morning. Morning, man. James, I'm going to correct a couple things. Um, yes, Bush Stewart got a lot of help in the early days. And that was personal. That was P.J. Patterson that helped him when he was going to sell tourism and lease him a lot of beach properties so he could start sandals. That's one. Bush Stewart manipulates every single government that he can over time. That's also a reality. Um, hence he was very powerful in the Caribbean so he used to put governments up and take governments down with his money if they're doing his bidding right um, most of Putstua money though did not remain in Jamaica 
Sandals have offshore accounts in St. Lucia way before everybody else knew and was doing it. Um, the hotel that actually retained most of its money in Jamaica was Super Clubs that was owned by the Issas that don't exist Right. They don't exist anymore. But they were truly a Jamaican hotel company. Why? Because majority of the hotels were in Jamaica. I think they have hotels in still in Curacao. Right now, they, they have no hotel at all in Jamaica. They have hotel in the Bahamas and Curacao now. But prior, like if they had 10 hotels, eight of them was in Jamaica. And they never, as far as I know, they never had offshore accounts where they send their money to. Um, Sandal is technically not headquarters in headquartered in Jamaica. I think it's headquartered in St. Lucia, like most of the companies in Jamaica, because St. Lucia has an offshore banking system that allows you to do that. And you pay, and because it's a part of CARICOM, there's a whole ton load of benefits. Plus, if you put your money in St. Lucia and you come to Jamaica to buy land, you don't pay transfer taxes. There's a lot of a whole slow taxes that you avoid paying um, when you do that. Um, so I just wanted to correct those couple stuff. And as it relates to people giving money to Jamaica, you have to understand that there's so much red tape and bureaucracy that if you go to Jamaica and decide that you're going to open your checkbook to write mortgage for the YMCA or or this organization or cancer society, um, there are instances when they make it difficult for you to do it. Because first, they want to know where your money comes from, why you want to do it, is it nepotism, all sort of something. They make it difficult for people to to be philanthropic um, in Jamaica, one. And two, even if you own a business, so like I own a company, and I decide that I want to give charitable. Number one, it's very difficult to get the status to have a non-profit organization in Jamaica. And... Um, there are a few companies that have it, the tax exemption. So when I write a check, in America, when a man writes a check for $300,000, trust me, he saves himself $3 million in taxes for that one $300,000 check. That's why he writes it so quickly. In Jamaica, he writes a $300,000 check, and the government still, the next year, somebody in the government will like you, and then come assess you and tell you, say you owe them $20 million. It's just a different <laughs> system, a different society. It, there's no... The problem with Jamaica is the corruption. It's the, it's the lack of transparency, the lack of structures and systems that are fear. That's the issue in Jamaica. It's, it's the bandulism. It's the who know who. It's the nepotism. It's the, it's, it's the what other word were you just saying? The cronyism. <laughs> the cronyism. No, I'm dead serious. These are the issues. So, for example, the young man who, and I have nothing against him being a JP, the ISAT Buchanan guy who is now the most popular lawyer in Jamaica, young lawyer, um, apparently he had two drug conviction, um, convictions in his past, and there's a big uproar about why he's now a JP. But the reality and, and is... you're saying he shouldn't be, but he can be a lawyer, right? <laughs> No, because the reality is he got his convictions expunged, which means that's called rehabilitation. Yep. That means he's starting his life over new. And I keep saying it. Jay-Z would not be a billionaire in America if America said, oh, you were once selling coke, so you're permanently a drug dealer. We wouldn't have a Jay-Z being a billionaire. 
Jamaica need to just change them system because the truth is almost 90% of the people that are today wealthy owning legit corporation and businesses in Jamaica, they were all once drug dealers. The, what them did I send weed under the cover them I send weed on the plane out of Vernon Field or over the other one over Errol Fleming. Come on, the 70s and the 80s was where most of these Chinese and black Jamaicans and white Jamaicans. The other day I was talking to somebody and I was talking about a security guy that I know from a particular very wealthy family company in Jamaica. He's one of the token blacks. And the guy was saying, oh, he's not head of security anymore. He said, yeah, you never hear. Yeah, man, them, they catch one shipment of going to Guyana with the juice, them loaded with, <laughs> with weed. <laughs> them lose. He lost the job as head of security. So the big crimes, the big money laundering crimes in Jamaica is not done by the scammers. If it was done by poor people and scammers, enough of them look a scammer boy, they would have a be, would I have legit corporations that it, that it would have made it very difficult for them to be giving them trouble. The wealthy, educated Jamaicans are some of the biggest scammers and corrupt white-collar crime makers in the island. That's the problem. I yield the floor. <laughs> All right. Thank you, O'Neill. Can, can, can I say something more? Yes, and then we got to keep it moving. Go ahead. Yeah, so, O'Neill, so O'Neil, the thing, because I know both of them personally. I know Issa and I know, because I used to work um, for the Issas. I used to be like their personal butler when they have dignitaries and stuff um, coming to Jamaica. And trust me, I can tell you that the Issas have not done not even 10% for Jamaica, what um, Boots Stewart uh, back up, has done back for up, Back up on that one, James. Back up on that one. Don't be so quick. At the end of... Um, and here's where I'm going uh, to check you on that one with the Issas, okay? Yeah. So, let's talk about um, Abraham Issa. The tourism sector father, of Jamaica. of tourism. Exactly. The, the, the tourism sector of Jamaica owes its success to Abraham Issa. Let's just get that clear. Not only the tourism sector, but let us talk about Caymanas Park. Let's talk about Tropical Plaza up in a halfway tree. Let us, and let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you about the Issa. They, had, they did not come with a gold spoon in their mouth either. Yeah, I know that moment. I know right. that. I used to work for them, so, so I know the history. Right, but you cannot say that Butch has done more. Ultimately, Issa has done more. Because if Issa never do all of that, Butch would probably not be Butch Stewart. So we have to pay homage where homage is due. Yeah, no, I'm not saying. I know the Issa, the Issa's, like John Issa uncle was the one that started the whole, the, the whole concept of like the whole bed, bed and breakfast um, with the tourism industry that evolved into all-inclusive. You know, like, you know, I even did a, a paper on the history of, of um, hospitality industry in Jamaica. Um, the Issa, especially not John, his uncle, played a very critical role in, in Jamaica tourism industry. What I'm talking about in terms of um, tangible benefits, not just the tourism industry, like, but Stewart, most of his, his, the jobs that, that fall under the under, um, Boot Stewart company are high-paying jobs. ATL, Honda, 
Like You're the wrong, clip, um, the, the obse- <laughs> like a lot of these You're jobs. Wrong. Hold on, and let James finish. Hold on, let no, him finish. A, a lot of these jobs are high-paying jobs. Um, I understand the offshore account. Most, if not all, business owners have offshore account. But in terms of um, sandals, sandals, I know people personally that work in in the Caribbean, and they're making way more than even what they would make in Jamaica. A lot of people in leadership position like are across the Caribbean working for Sanders. Um, so in, ter- in terms of that, like thousands, I'm not talking about one or two or three, thousands of Jamaicans are working right across the Caribbean. They're, they're, the, the latest project that, that, that they're working on now um, in, in St. Vincent, that there are Jamaicans involved in that too. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, Jamaicans have made like, because my best friend now, that we have been best friends for like 30 years. She's a part of Sandals right now. And Sandals is one of the best company in Jamaica. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like um, Issa's, they didn't do anything. I know what the uncle did. And I know John Issa. And I know, um, what's his name, that woman, the gas station. Like, I grew up with, with this guy. We're, like, we were close. Like, Muna, the sister, and all of them. But all I'm saying is that what Boots Stewart has done for Jamaica, like, the Air Jamaica that we talk about, you know, Boots Stewart took Air Jamaica to another level before he had to give it up. So, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. And all I'm saying is that whether it, whether it was corruption, cronyism or whatever, that he got the opportunity to do that. I'm just saying, imagine the government partnering with other Jamaicans across the diaspora. That's the point. And not Chinese people that don't owe Jamaica anything. That's the whole point of this. This argument, we're, we're not saying that Issa didn't do anything, but there are a lot more people across the diaspora that if you partner with them, you can have more Issas, you can have more Bustiwat than some Chinese person in China that um, don't have Jamaica interests at heart. So that's all I'm saying. All right. Thank you, James. OK, got to keep it moving. Next story. So let me just wrap up this one. So we were just talking about um Investors eyeing Jamaica for business amid sustained economic growth and my plea, my request, my requirement to the government of Jamaica is very be very strategic with investor relationships. See to it that the country of Jamaica will benefit by making sure that you have stakeholder ownership in these investments. You see to it that human resources are sourced out of Jamaica. First and foremost, before overseas um, personnel are given the opportunity. So that's that one. Next out of the um, Caribbean corner, squash G-City gang implicated in Florida double murder. Alleged crony charged. This story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. Dance hall entertainer Squash and two other alleged members of the G-City gang, including the reputed leader of the organization, have been implicated in a double murder in Florida. That is according to court records submitted after one of the men, Jareem Shelton, otherwise called J-Man, was charged with the double murder. It appears a bloody gang war that started in St. James has taken root in Lauderhill, Florida. And this is according to court records. The G-City gang is at odds with the Bad Breed gang. The conflict originated in Salt Spring, St. James, and the alleged leaders being Fredman for G-City and Marvin Brown, otherwise called Ramos, based in Atlanta, Georgia. 
On the night of October 19 at about 9.20 p.m., the Lauderhill police responded to a double murder. Two men who were wearing bulletproof vests and in possession of firearms, extension clips and ammunition were found dead. Both shot approximately eight times each in the head and face. Witnesses say three men were at the location. Video evidence collected by the police indicate the men were showing off guns, including what appeared to be a rifle. Surveillance footage has indicated three men were on the roadway when a black car pulled up. One of the men pulled a handgun but appeared to relax when a man in a black shirt, blue skinny jeans and a balaclava exited the vehicle. The man in the skinny jeans has since been identified as 26-year-old Jareem Shelton, otherwise called J-Man. Records indicate he entered the U.S. illegally. Greetings were exchanged and J-Man appears to have a brief conversation with the deceased before three other men alighted from the vehicle and opened fire at the gathering. One of the men was killed, that was killed was shot directly in the head while J-Man stood behind him, beside him. J-Man fell to the ground and then got up and ran to the back of the house. A blood trail was found matching the run made by J-Man. Returning to the vehicle, J-Man shot one of the men that was already lying on the ground before escaping. After piecing together the sequence of events from surveillance videos in the area, the police were alerted that a man was dropped off at a hospital suffering from a gunshot wound to the neck. The police found initial probable cause to place J-Man at the scene, after finding a similarity between the man on surveillance tape and J-Man's Instagram account, the police also linked the clothes J-Man was wearing to the man in the surveillance tape. A subsequent DNA test on J-Man matched blood samples taken from three locations at the murder scene. In court records, the police say they have been tipped off that Squashman, Freeman, and J-Man were at the scene of the double murder. Police tips have identified the fourth man in the car as Raymond. The police received a further tip that the six group headed by Squash, given name Andre Whitaker, has joined forces with a gang formerly known as Boss Head, led by Fredman, to take on the Ramos-led bad, bad Breed gang. The two men killed have been identified by their aliases Muscle Man and Ford Lord in tips revealed by the police in court documents, but the police have withheld the men's given names. According to court documents, Muscle Man is a gun for hire. Members of the G-City gang believed he tried to kill Squash on August 3 while Squash ne was ne negotiating a drug deal. They believed he was hired by their rival, Ramos. A voice note has emerged on social media with a distorted voice threatening Squash's life. The dance hall entertainer has since taken to Instagram to deny any attempts were made on his life. Why does feel like I'm reading, um, you know, when you sit in a, in a boardroom to prep the production crew about the outline of a movie? Why well, feel like that's what I was just doing? This feels like a scene from a movie. It's J-Man and Tall Man and Pink Man and Green Man. <laughs> May I tell you? And then it's Dance Man. And then, they, then, then, and then, you know which, which man next? Oh short man, gosh. short man, come and fat man, tell him thank you, beat him up. Tired. My, my, my question, based on this story you just read, um, the guy that, the guy that was in the hospital, 
he was said to be with the squash team. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, go back to the script again. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Hold on. So after piecing together the sequence of events from surveillance videos in the area, the police were alerted that a man was dropped off da, 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 with a gunshot wound to the neck. So we don't know which one was dropped off at the hospital. No, because, no, it says J-Man, but I think okay. it's J-Man, but I, I, I was listening to what you read. Like, I mean, I heard last week I kind of through the grapevine some of what was happening, right? So I'm just saying the, the guy that got the shot in the neck, critical, is supposed to be one of the guys on squash team. Wow. But I was just listening to what they were saying for the surveillance camera about J-Man coming out of the vehicle, standing up beside somebody, somebody was shot, then blood trail, then run back and shoot. So it sounded like there was like a... Um, I got a little bit confused in that story a while ago between yeah, and I don't care to clear yeah. up my confusion. Well, all thing I can say is the bad man life don't pay, yeah. It I don't mean, pay. What we're seeing is that maybe a repeat of the show up and see again in America. Um, just mean that it's going to be a little bit more difficult for all Jamaicans. Ah, I'm glad you said that, O'Neill. I am glad you said that. Because um, when I saw the article, you know what came to mind last week? Was it last week when we read the one about Jamaicans being omitted from the lottery um, green card? And they claim it's because um, 50,000 green cards have been awarded to Jamaicans through the lottery system in the past 10 years or something like that and they have exhausted not no go so and i exhaust them exhaust they don't want we ya. they don't want y'all here and when they're looking and that is why they are blacklisting jamaica jamaica has been blacklisted we are at a level what's the level on the um the the the, the travel thing what the level i don't, on know, what, I don't know the level on the travel thing i just know that we were the number one most murderous nation in Caribbean and Latin America. We're killing our That's country. A... We are starving our country. And we talk about lack of opportunity in the country, which I stay on the fence about that. But we talk about lack, lack of opportunity in the country. How then are we going to have opportunity? How then are people going to be in the tourism sector, right? Because that is our main sector. How are people in the tourism sector going to be able to look after their families when, if they rely heavily on tips, right? When the, when the U.S. is telling people, travel advisory, do not go to Jamaica. And then on the list of parishes not to go to in Jamaica, you have the parish of St. John, the parish of St. James, the parish of Westmoreland. What are those three parishes? The three parishes with the most tourism product for sale. So, our behavior is a deterrent. Our behavior is a wall pump the brakes. So when we do that and people say, you know something, I got Jamaican. <laughs> or if I do go, I, I'm not going to go into the communities to get the real experience. I'm going to stay in these, uh, what you call it, hotels, all-inclusive hotels. You know what you're doing? You hurt your family. You're hurting your family. 
Your family will depend on the couple tick them for go pay the people them school fee them have to start gather the uniform money, book money and everything for next year already, you know. You're crippling your families. There are family members who have signed up on a lottery system to get the opportunity to go overseas to see if they can have a better opportunity at earning to be able to turn around and help family members back in Jamaica. And we know the trickle-down effect because you, you send money back home, the money go back into the economy there because people are buying and selling. We don't, we're so short-sighted, that's so we're ignorant and hot-headed. That's so we stay Fully dance. <laughs> I'm fully dance. Uh, uh, I just put my. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. You know what? I'm gonna go. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, hold on, on, Hold on. Story. I'm sorry. I just posted a story. You see what you were saying just there? Yeah. With this kid. Look at this. This link. My family talking about it. I'm like, what's going on? This is my cousin. This is my cousin John, who got killed in Jamaica. I don't know him. I'm gonna say that. He's a cousin. I do not know him. I know Patrick who's his father because I haven't been in Jamaica in a long time. And even if I saw him, I wouldn't know him from all the other six kids he has, you know, because we're not that close. It's like extended. But this right. is happening right in St. James, right from where we come from. And I'm sorry so, yeah, your family has been affected, Sonette. Oh, I mean, thank you. But everyone's affected. So, like... I don't feel like it's 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 my personal thing so much, but just like you're saying, they're telling people that so people don't want to go to these these areas. And when I go, I don't stay no freaking no. I'm not staying in no all inclusive. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get my chance. I haven't been in a while because I just think I've been busy. But when I go, that's what's gonna I'm gonna happen. It's, I'm going to go and see my people. Go show my friends and my husband where I was born and where I grew up. I'm not taking a whole tour group, so you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but this is happening right in those communities that we're talking about right. I'm done. thank you and i'll just read the article for those who are not able to see the article the police have confirmed that nine and this was as of yesterday the police have confirmed that 19 year old joshua swaby from maroon town in saint james was shot and killed by armed men in the parish on monday night according to the police residents living in pimento hill in saint james reported hearing gunshots coming from a section of the community about 9 p.m. and summoned the police. On arrival of the lawman, Swaby was discovered lying face down in a pool of blood with multiple gunshot wounds to his upper body. He was transported to the Cornwall Regional Hospital where he was pronounced dead upon arrival. These stories are too much. The... the, the this need for um, reprisal, this need for just eliminate people, it's too much. When does it stop? When does it come to an end? But as I said earlier, and I, I'm glad this, this story came up so that we can talk about it, but I'm going to take a quick break because we have an issue when it comes to emotional intelligence and we have an issue when it comes to conflict resolution. Two things that I want us to talk about, but I have to take a quick break. And when I return, we'll do just that.
like what you're doing to me I'ma delete your whim All of my defenses down Your camera looks to me With its x-ray vision And all systems underground All I can manage to push from my lips Is a stream of To all the listeners tuned in, listening online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me and you're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views.
for quality music while you work or play? Log on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. The Rosolo Show will be back next week, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, FutureFM.net, and FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Mount Vernon, and Westchester. Live interviews, nurturing nuggets in the know. Make sure you tune in. up this Saturday on JanoRadio.com. Tune in for BME Stern. DJ Simple will have a starting this Saturday Pepita. Pepita Little. She has joined the Jano Radio family. She will be live with DJ Simple this fr- this Saturday. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. If you ever want to be a part of the conversation and you're listening online... Go ahead and download the Clubhouse app if you don't already have it. It is available in Apple and Google Play stores. Come on in and let us hear your voice. Look for coffee in tow. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. We're listening to the Woman of Soul Rock and Pop. Taking it back. Way back Wednesday. Coming up after this one from Patrice Rush, we're going to get into the details of stories out of North America. Plus, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence and conflict resolution. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. So let's go ahead and get started. First up in news out of North America, extremely rare first edition U.S. Constitution could fetch $30 million. Story courtesy of CNN via WSVN out of Miami. An extremely rare first edition copy of the U.S. Constitution will go under the hammer in New York next month with Sotheby's auction house expecting bids up to $30 million. Produced ahead of the historic Constitutional Convention of 1787, it is among just 13 of the original printed texts known to have survived, and one of only two still in private hands. This is what the auction house said in a press release on Tuesday. The announcement comes less than a year after the only other privately held copy fetched a record $43.2 million at auction. 
The November sale, also held in New York, saw a bidding war between billionaire hedge fund manager Ken Griffin and cryptocurrency group Constitution DAO, which raised the equivalent of over $40 million from 17,000 individual investors in what Sotheby's is described as the most significant crowdfunding initiative ever undertaken. The group was ultimately outbid by Griffin, the founder and CEO of investment firm Citadel, who has since lent the document to the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Arkansas. In a press release, Sotheby's said the 2021 sales online following had made it the most watched auction in its history. Huh. I wonder what's in that document. I'd love to see that document. And I'm sure other historians would love to see it too. Anyway. Wait, it's it's just this constitution. Yeah. It's just the same constitution that they had before. It's just a copy that was released. That's it. There's nothing special nothing about different, it. Nothing different, nothing. It's just that it's one is it's a one of the first drafts. So okay. it may have yeah, I I wouldn't be so excited about okay. it unless you were. Yeah, don't 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 hold my don't, don't waste my time. More. No, ma'am, you'll see a picture. I bet they will send you. There will be a picture online, but it's just that 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 it's one of the first. One of the that's first. all it is. All right, thank you, Sonette. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a perf a more perfect union, establish justice infure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and can make out that word of liberty to ourselves and our, whatever that word is, to ordain and whatever that word is, this constitution for the United States of America. Oh, well. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sonette, for that making me want to waste my thoughts yeah i don't want to be a, a bubble buster but no. it's, like, it's just a I copy of the constitution <laughs> <laughs> no i appreciate that okay next up biden tears into the gop labels DeSantis a trump incarnate well didn't we call him trump 2 well I call him Trump 2.0 for sure. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. President Joe Biden on Tuesday lashed out at Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis as Donald Trump incarnate, zeroing in on a potential 2024 GOP presidential contender as he campaigned for Democrats facing uphill fights in next week's midterm election. In a final week sprint for Democrats before Election Day, Biden will campaign in New Mexico on Thursday, California on Friday, and Pennsylvania on Saturday. By many accounts, Democratic control of Congress and several state houses is in peril, and Biden is trying to stem that tide. In Florida, a state famously popular among retirees, he focused on federal programs for elderly people and the less well-to-do. He declared that the current crop of GOP candidates ain't your father's Republican Party and said that he prayed God would deliver his opponents some enlightenment. After those remarks in Hallandale Beach, he headlined a fundraiser for gubernational candidate Charlie Crist in Golden Beach. He capped his day in Florida with a rally at Florida Memorial University, a historically black university for the state's Democratic Party, including Christ and Senate candidate Val Demings. At the event for Christ, 
Biden made the stakes personal against DeSantis, a major adversary of the Biden White House. Biden suggested DeSantis was just another version of the former President Trump and criticized him for demonizing the LGBTQ population. This is to me one of the most important races in the country, Biden said. Charlie is running against Donald Trump incarnate. Christ noted that DeSantis would not commit at a gubernatorial debate last week to serving out his full four-year term if re-elected. Governor DeSantis only cares about the White House. He doesn't give a damn about your house told the audience. The president's sharp attacks on DeSantis starkly contrasted with their cordial meeting earlier in October when Biden visited Florida to see the devastation caused by Hurricane Ian. In front of the cameras, Biden said DeSantis was doing a, air quote, good job handling the storm recovery. The Republican governor formally welcomed Biden to his state and praised the collaboration between officials on the ground and the federal government in Washington. But Tuesday in Florida, Biden took shots at DeSantis. He sure did. (laughs) He sure did. At one point during his evening remarks at Florida Memorial, Biden recalled that Chris, who previously served as governor from 2007 to 2011, was a Republican, was a great governor before and will make an even greater governor again because of who he is going to be replacing. Minutes later, Biden noted that the nearby port of Miami recently received a $16 million federal grant due to one of his biggest legislative wins, the $1 trillion infrastructure legislation. He then pivoted toward DeSantis. I'm sure your governor will take credit for it somewhere along the line, Biden said. The president who blasted Republicans who made light of the attack against Paul Pelosi, the husband of Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He asked how such a political assault could happen and nobody in that party condemns it for exactly what it is. And we're going to talk about that one a little later on. Don't don't, don't go nowhere. Mm. Yeah, so... Biden turn up. <laughs> but but I've always said it that um Kay, I sent you the invite. Hope you got it. Um <laughs> I've always said that DeSantis is a you know Trump 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Key GOP groups are more fired up to vote in midterms than Democrats NPR poll finds. Heading into the final week of voting, some of the Democrats' key base voters' levels of enthusiasm are far below that of Republican base voter groups. The latest NPR, PBS, News Owl, Marist poll found. It is the latest survey before voting wraps up on Tuesday. The, co- the cross currents of this election are combining to make for uncertainty and volatility with just days to go. Most midterms are referenda on the sitting president and the party in power. That is largely the case with President Biden's approval rating slipping again, Democrats losing ground on which party voters want to control Congress, and inflation being the top issue, with voters saying they trust Republicans more on the issue by 20 points. But preserving democracy and abortion 
have also been key and hugely motivating factors as former President Trump, who the poll found is equally unpopular as Biden, has weighed in heavily on these elections. He's endorsed scores of candidates, many of whom have emulated him, perpetuated his election lies and struggled in purple states. The poll also found, though, that Republican voters are largely okay with voting for an election denier as long as they agree on policy positions. And it found in this age of hyper-partisanship a huge shift away from people thinking divided government is a good thing. The survey of 1,586 adults and 1,469 registered voters was conducted October 24 through October 27 by the Marist Poll and sponsored in partnership with NPR and PBS NewsHour. There is about a plus or minus, give or take, 4 percentage point margin of error, meaning results could be 4 points lower or higher than what's listed. While white women with college degrees who are an important block for Democrats are among the most enthusiastic to vote, black voters, Latinos, and young voters are among the least. At the same time, older voters, Trump voters, white evangelical Christians, and rural voters, all key GOP groups, are fired up to vote. Those without college degrees are less less enthusiastic about the election, but that's driven by voters of color without degrees. Notably, showing why midterm elections tend to be base elections, independents are also way down the list when it comes to enthusiasm. Why why are the Democrats um, (laughs) not... Fired up. (laughs) Listen, as I've been saying, and I will say it again, I will continue to reiterate the importance of doing your research. Vote for the ones that support your ideals, your morals, your, your, your vision, so on and so forth. But do your research. Do not get wrapped up in the, in, um, emotional politics, familial politics. Oh, where no matter what's going on, I'm going to vote for that person because that's who I associate with. That's who I relate to. I'm a diehard, this diehard. I don't know if you're going to be diehard. Hold them to a certain standard. Please hold them accountable. But please, folks, head out to the polls and vote if you can. All right. Next up, New York City employers are now required to post salary ranges on job listings. This story is courtesy of NPR.org. New York City employers are now required to include salary ranges in job postings in a law that went into effect on Tuesday. Written advertisements for a job promotion or transfer opportunity that are publicized to a pool of potential applicants are covered including internal bulletin boards, internet and newspaper ads, and printed flyers that are handed out at job fairs, according to the legislation. Employers are required to post the minimum and maximum amounts they they are willing to pay. The employer honestly believes at the time they are listing the job. Add 
that they are willing to pay the successful applicant, the memo says. I'm sorry for counting the words there. They cannot use vague language such as $15 per hour and up or maximum $50,000 per year. It says if the employer is not willing to negotiate within a range, it can simply state the amount the job pays. Any employer with more than four employees must follow the guidelines of the New York City Human Rights Commission. The four employees include the owner of the company and all four do not have to work in New York as long as one is based in the city. The company is subject to the measure. All employment agencies, regardless of their size, must include salaries in their postings. Temporary help firms are exempt, though the companies they match potential employees with must follow the law. So while New York City employers are now required to include salaries in written listings, they are not required to post a listing to make a hire. They are also not required to provide extra information such as the overtime pay rate or employee benefits. Employers who violate the salary transparency requirements will have 30 days to correct their actions, though through paying damages to affected employees administering training and changing the listings. If it does not comply, an employer could be charged up to $250,000 in civil penalties. So, (laughs) no more foolishness. You got to be transparent because you know something, I'm here for it. I am here for it and here is why you look for a job it says $15 and up to me that means I can negotiate now I'm going to take into stock my years of experience what I my my qualifying skill set my abilities what I know I have been to I have been able to accomplish so my track record right and I'm going to go in there and, you know, advocate for myself. And even though this, I'm looking at it, the $15 is a starting salary, but I know I am worth 20 right? But they're going to tell me, we want to offer you the job. No, we're offering you the job and this is a salary, $15 per hour. No, 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 you said 15 or up. Oh, we got to start you out there. So why put the up? Oh, why didn't you just say we're starting at $15 an hour, period, full stop. Stop right there, nothing more. But what they're doing is opening up the pool of candidates that will apply. Anyway, or when you go in and say, oh, the maximum is $50,000, you are like, okay, I'm going to go for the maximum. And then they tell you they can't give you the maximum because of various reasons. Um, do I think it will provide more equity and equality in the workplace? I think so. I don't know. I think so, though. Um, yeah. Move away from the vague language. There was something else more, I was going to say, but go right ahead. More transparency, for sure. More transparency. Yeah. So you'll know what's coming on. That's that's a good move, New York. 
like like I said in the chat, it passed just a few um, weeks ago here in California. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was surprised when you said New York. I'm like, oh, they're doing it too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's what is <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> here's what is interesting, Sinet. I um yeah. So here's what I wanted to highlight. They are not required to provide extra information, such as the overtime pay rate. Right. So I thought time and a half was standard. And if you worked holiday, if you work holidays and um, Sundays, it's double. Okay, so that is standard across the country. Yeah, one point okay. five. All right, I just want to make so, sure because like, they say they're not obligated to yeah, provide that. Some unions, like if you're in a union, you can get double time, but double time is not always happening. It's most most of people go straight across one point five, regardless of holiday. Like if you work on a holiday, you get paid. For the holiday, the day's hours and overtime on that day. Okay. So that that's as close as you got. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck, New York. Next up, also courtesy of NPR.org. One student repeatedly called 911 during the Uvalde shooting reports say. Chilling audio recordings have surfaced from children and teachers trapped inside Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, during the mass shooting that happened in May. The recordings reveal a new level of details in law enforcement's failure to respond quickly and paint a picture of an increasingly desperate and terrifying unfolding scene with an active shooter. The story was first reported by CNN, the Texas Tribune, and ProPublica. Reporting shows the first calls that day came in at 11.29 a.m. In a third call, a few minutes later, a panicked caller yells, he's, in the, he's inside the school shooting at the kids. At 12.10, a young girl pleads, I'm in classroom 112, please hurry, there's a lot of dead bodies. That caller was student Chloe Torres. She was 10 at the time. It would be 40 minutes from the time of her first call until law enforcement forced their way into her classroom. According to reports, the newly surfaced recordings include more than 20 calls, including those between officers and dispatchers, and reveal a chaotic response without clear communication. At least one time, a dispatcher gave misinformation to personnel. Since the shooting, law enforcement's response has been widely criticized, with agencies failing to take responsibility and blaming each other. Several top officials have been fired. Nearly 400 law enforcement officers from more than two dozen agencies were gathered at the scene that day. The recordings reflect a growing awareness from members of the group that the response was failing. More than one officer knew at an early point that the gunman was still in the classroom with students. We're taking too long, a medic says, according to reports. This was minutes before Chloe Torres started her third 911 call. She survived the shooting. An investigation by a Texas legislative committee revealed that law enforcement's radio signals were choppy inside the school building. Former Uvalde School Police Chief Pete Arredondo, who was fired, abandoned his radio at the fence of the school, the report stated. Arredondo proceeded to handle the incident as one of, the, as one of a barricaded subject and not an active shooter. 
with the benefit of hindsight, we now know that this was a terrible, tragic mistake, the committee wrote. Officers said they knew the gunman was in one of the rooms but did not know what was happening behind the closed doors because they did not hear screams or cries, despite hearing several gunshots ringing out. Officers still did not breach the classroom after responding officer's wife, a fourth grade teacher at the school, was shot and called her husband saying she was dying. Multiple responders incorrectly said Arredondo was in the classroom with the shooter, though Arredondo did not have his radio. He acknowledged that there were victims at 12.20 p.m., saying on footage obtained through another officer's body cam that we have victims in here. I don't want to have any more. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> What's his name we spoke about? Was it last week or the week before where he says there, there, nothing was done wrong? Remember that article that we spoke about? The, no problems and refusing to step down remember that one <laughs> I hope you have sleepless nights I hope every time you close your eyes you see one of the children pop up or all 19 people just pop up in your sleep and you keep seeing their faces and you can't do anything. You're like a woman in menopause sweating at night. Yeah. And I understand the part about um, reception being choppy in schools because, yes, it's the same thing here at my children's schools. Once there's something about these buildings, even if you're in the once you turn into the school or you're approaching the school, for some reason, it's like a dead zone, right? And your connection is not consistent. It's sporadic. I get that. But the thing is, you're able to receive some kind of reception, right? Chloe Torres, three calls. Dispatcher giving misinformation to personnel. Chaotic response without clear communication. More than 20 calls. And we're busy failing to take responsibility and busy blaming each other. Yes, several top officials have been fired. But the leader is refusing to step down and he's saying that he don't see nothing. There was no problem. Suspect in Paul Pelosi attack awoke him by standing over his bedside document. So let me read the article before I say something that <laughs> I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question, but let me read the article. I'm going to read two articles back to back and then I'll ask the question. Story courtesy of CNN Politics. Disturbing new details have emerged in the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, including that the alleged assailant told police he was on a suicide mission and had a list of other prominent targets. Court documents released on Tuesday show that the man arrested in the assault, David DePap, 
allegedly awoke Paul Pelosi by standing over his bedside and prevented him from escaping, all while demanding to know the whereabouts of the House Speaker. This was not a random act of violence. This was not a random residential burglary. This is something that was specifically targeted. And that's according to Brooke Jenkins, who is a San Francisco district attorney. DePap 42 told officers and medics at the scene that he was sick of the level of lies coming from Washington, D.C., and came here to have a little chat with Pelosi's wife. That's according to a court filing on Tuesday. I didn't really want to hurt him, but you know, this was a suicide mission. I'm not going to stand here and do nothing, even if it costs me my life, he allegedly said. He named several targets, according to the filing, including prominent state and federal politicians and their relatives. Jenkins confirmed to CNN earlier on Tuesday that authorities believed the PAP had other targets beside the House Speaker. Court documents released on Tuesday revealed chilling new details about the encounter. The PAP allegedly awoke a startled Paul Pelosi shortly after 2 a.m. at his bedside, carrying a large hammer and several white zip ties. Are you Paul Pelosi, the PAP asked, according to the documents? He then demanded to know, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? To which Paul responded, she is not here. He then threatened to tie up Paul Pelosi and prevented him from escaping via elevator, according to the documents. Well, she's number two from the presidency, right? The PAP said. After Paul Pelosi confirmed that she was, the Pap said, we've got to take them all out, referring to politicians. At one point, the Pap allowed Pelosi to use the bathroom. It was during this time that he was able to use his cell phone to call 911, according to court documents. Pelosi spoke cryptically to police during the brief call and was able to subtly identify himself to the dispatcher who was then able to escalate the call. Following the call, the two men went downstairs, with DePap walking behind Pelosi and carrying with him the hammer and zip ties, according to the documents. So, let me ask a question. What's Pelosi's rank? If something happens to the President of the United States of America and the Vice President, who steps in? Pelosi. The okay. Speaker of the House. The speaker, the speaker of that part. Okay. What level security is she um is it made available to her? You would think she'd have top top security. <laughs> so is it that there is no security at her home? Considering remember during the pandemic when her um house was vandalized when they spray paint put spray paint all over the house you remember that that happened back in 2020 was it 2021 they have 2020 because we were yeah yeah so you would think they would have adequate security there but when you think that this person is next in line for presidency god forbid something happens to the president vice president she steps up you would think that her family, meaning her immediate, her husband, and those who live in that home with her would have security detail 24-7. How did this man get in the house? Heard. 
Sorry. I think it's only I think it's only her twenty four seven, not the family. Hmm. Okay. So wherever she is. Hmm. How did he get in the house? No alarms went off. They don't have alarm. Just asking. Okay. So listen to this now. <laughs> Donald Trump joins the Paul Pelosi conspiracy caucus. Just days removed from the assault on Paul Pelosi. Donald Trump is throwing in his lot with the conspiracy caucus on what actually happened in the attack. Trump was asked about the attack during an interview with conservative radio host Chris Stigall on Tuesday. To be clear, what follows from the former president is nonsense and officials have gone on record to denounce conspiracy theories like this one. So let me just quote what he said. It's weird things going on in that household in the last couple of weeks, Trump said. You know, probably you and I are better off not talking about it. The glass, it seems, was broken from the inside to the out. And, you know, so it wasn't a break-in. It was a breakout. Trump went on to say that he's not a fan of Nancy Pelosi, but what happened was very sad. The whole thing is crazy. I mean, if there is even a little bit of truth of what's being said, it's crazy. But the window was broken. <laughs> and, and it was strange. The cops were standing there practically from the moment it all took place. So, I don't know if you all heard this one, but this is a little crazy. Trump fans conspiracy theory. <laughs> in the days following the attack, several prominent right-wing figures have floated conspiracy theories about the attack, including that Paul Pelosi and the intruder were gay lovers who had got into a fight. The spurious theory traces back mm -mm. to an incorrect early news report and a handful of pieces of evidence that its proponents have spun wildly out of context. It runs entirely contrary to the explanation police and federal law enforcement have outlined. There is absolutely no evidence that Mr. Pelosi knew this man. That's according to San Francisco Police Chief William Scott. As a matter of fact, the, the evidence indicates the exact opposite. Also on Tuesday, Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, whose embrace of Trump's brand of politics has been a central part of her campaign, claimed she was not making light of the assault earlier in the week, despite clearly joking about a lack of security at the Pelosi's home. I question the security. Even if you don't have security detail, you don't have a security system in place. My neighbors, all around me, one neighbor behind me have one, two, three, four, but about 50 camera him have string up outside. Another one, camera till you're full. Next door, camera till you're full. You turn yourself, camera till you're full. I remember one of my neighbors um, was overseas. And on their app, they saw something looking as though there was somebody in the backyard. And, 
you know, their camera's view was limited. So they called the neighbor and said, hey, pull up your camera for me, please, and go back. So we are a bunch of nobodies here. And Ron Yasso, full of camera. So what happened to that security system? No security system was in place. No alarms went off. Nothing. I am skeptical to know how the, I'm, I shouldn't say skeptical. Let me remove that word. I'm curious to know how he got in. Very curious. Yeah. But I'm glad you were able to explain to me, you know, something, hold on there. Something else, even though y'all explained to me that she gets security, you know, Megapa, Google, <laughs> I'm sorry. Does the spouse, I'm sorry, of the speaker, anybody type faster than me, of the house. You got the keyboard at time, man. <laughs> I'm using my fingertips. Um, get security. You know what I don't like these things sometimes, um, Apple? Sometimes you start type, okay, hold on. Let's see. Uh. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can find an answer here, right? Okay, so who gets security detail? The president, vice president, president elect, vice president elect, former president. Spouses of former presidents, unless they marry someone else. Children of former presidents until age 16. Visiting foreign heads of state or government and their spouses traveling with them in the U.S. Uh, Marlon, can you do me a huge favor and uh, unlock the side gate for me, please? I'm sorry, I have to sit it on air. <laughs> He's too far from me. But, okay, uh, the president, vice president, president-elect, vice president-elect, former president, spouse of former presidents, unless they marry someone else. Children of former presidents until age 16. Visiting foreign heads of state or government and their spouses traveling with them in the U.S. and other distinguished foreign visitors to the U.S. Major presidential and vice presidential candidates and their spouses within 120 days of a presidential election. Individuals protected by executive order and national special security events. Okay, so I guess he doesn't get security. You ladies are right. I'm sorry. I wasn't doubting you. I just wanted to see who the list was. But shouldn't that be corrected? If she's such a high-ranking official or whoever holds that position, Speaker of the House, if they are married, should their spouse also have um, Secret Service protection? So I think that's something that should be fixed or no. We don't want to pay for security for them. But should be changed. Yeah, I agree. Another comment in the chat. For such a high-level politician, that house should have security system, especially if you have people protesting in front of your house all the time. Exactly. Exactly, Dre. So I'm reading the article. Yes, yes. And it Why am I whispering to you different? Because I'm whispering to them at my desk, right? It, 
So what you read is correct, but it says members of Congress, they get the protection of only the Capitol Police. Mm. Hmm. So she doesn't even get Secret Service. So I was wrong. I would assume she would get Secret Service because you only have two people in front of you. If something happened to either one, she's next. So, But I have to correct myself. So hold on a second. She isn't an individual that's protected by executive order? It says the Speaker of the House is not a Secret Service protectee. When when everyone dies in front of her, when the president dies, the vice president dies, she's then named, then she gets secret service protection. <laughs> you know, Sammy, would I quit the job, first. though? Would I quit that job that's still in her? If I can't protect me? <laughs> I'm sorry. They're also wealthy, so um, it would have been a good idea to have security. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they may want to revisit, rethink how they handle that. If you are not eligible because of your position, and I would think Speaker of the House, I said, look, that's an important job function. You'd want to think you'd protect the Speaker of the House. But anyway, as you so <laughs> highlighted, they're wealthy. So if you're wealthy, don't scringe on certain things like your security. You're east, your husband is west. Yeah. I think the speaker of the house. Better. Hold on one second, no, Peter. I'm... One second, Peter. Go ahead, Javette. I'm sorry, you were saying? I think prior to the past couple of years, as far as Trump being um, president, Mentally, they didn't think that they needed protection. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Go ahead, Peter. The Speaker of the House only has um, state capital police detail that follows her. So she's not home. They're not going to be there. Okay. But where she goes, she has that U.S. state capital detail, police detail that yeah. follows her. So let me ask you a question now, Peter. Based mm -hmm. on that information, could it be that this man who broke into the home knew that she wasn't there? Knew that if she was there, detail would be there because it's clearly a place he has scoped out before? No, well, the fact that he went there and he's asking for her, it may suggest that he didn't know that she was away. But... Um, okay probably didn't do his homework that she would have had um, police detail wherever she goes. The only, the only person that has um, Secret Service protection is the president and vice president. Any president-elect and vice president-elect and former president and the spouses of the president and the children of the presidents until you're age 16. But yeah. no one else has Secret Service um, detail. They have, uh, well, there's a, there's a little, there's a few other but um, not the Speaker of the House because she's really not a vice president or president-elect or anything like that. You know, it has to be tied in directly with the president of some sort. Okay. But the U.S. State Capitol Police uh, protects wherever she goes, 
they follow her everywhere she goes, you know. So, um, because she's pretty much somewhat like the head of the state capital in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, she has um, that type of detail. Mm. Okay. Sonette, go ahead. I know you were trying to say something. Thank you, Pito. Go right ahead, Sonette. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think Peter answered it because I was like, Capitol Police is in D.C. They are following them home. I did not believe that was true. But if Peter's saying that, he must have read it. Yeah. That was my question. Okay, perfect. Yeah, well, the thing is, they she have to have some form of protection in case the separation of, um, or there's a destruction within the, within the country where it has to do with the president or the vice president, and everyone knows that. So she has to have some form of protection. Mm-hmm. And when they say state capital, the state, you that DC is not a state. DC is um, Washington DC doesn't fit into a state anywhere. Right, right. Right. So when they say state capital, they mean US when they say US state, it means the entire US, not just a state. You know, so it follows her in which because she's somewhat like the head of the state capital. So wherever she goes, you know, it follows her. But if she's not home, it's not gonna be at home with her. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you for the clarification and the detail. Learn something new today. Huh. See, it's not good to assume, but first to get our facts in order, check ourselves so we don't pass on wrong information. But, and again, um, Pelosi's, you should have security at your house. The regular Schmegler man on the street, woman on the street, them have security at their yard, up to a ring camera. People have. Because they're protecting their home. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised because she she she's the head of the party, right? Because the, the president is not, not the head. Because like when when you have um uh election coming up, isn't like she considered the head? No, she's a she's a speaker of the house. She's not the head of the party. There's a party leader. She's the speaker of the house. You have this, the the leader of the house. You have the leader of the senate. You have this, that, that. But she's really, I mean, it can be people use it interchangeably at times. But she's really not the leader of the party. So who who's the head of the party? Because I I know that there's someone that's the head that's not the president. The pre- isn't the president still the head, Peter, or is the it going to be like Chuck Schumer? Well, the, you see, that's the a lot of people use that interchangeably, but it's not. They're really not the head because, for instance, Democrats are in power right now. But what if Republicans take over the the, the House? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Republicans then take over the House and the Senate or whatever, and then what happens then? You still have the president who's in charge of the whole them because remember the demo, they have to be. Not because you're a president, it means, or you're running for president, it means you can't just say you're the leader. You have to be actually um, elected by a certain group to say, we're going to allow you to lead our Democratic Party. So the president would be the leader of the party at this point. So, so question, who, who is the, who's considered the head of the Republican now, since they're, they're in, in opposition? The head of the Republican people will always look towards, um, for instance, the, um, the 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 majority leader or the minority. They will look at the minority leader at this point. 
Okay, let me ask a question, Peter. So I went online, Democrats.org, leadership, Jamie Harrison, DNC chair. Right. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, DNC vice chair, civic engagement and voter protection. Governor Gretchen Whitmore, DNC vice chair. Senator Tammy Duckworth, DNC vice chair. Congressman Cedric Richmond, DNC senior advisor. Ken Martin, ASDC Chair, DNC Vice Chair, Jason Ray, DNC Secretary, Virginia McGregor, DNC Treasurer, Chris Corgi, DNC Finance Chair, Chuck Schumer, Senate Democratic Leader, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. So the top, she's actually at the bottom of the list. Top DNC Chair then would be Jamie Harrison. Am I correct? Is that well, what that, Yeah, well, that's the DNC Chair. Okay, hold on. So I need to go back to my giant board again. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so who is considered? Ah, thank you. Th thank you for correcting me. Who is considered the leader of the Democratic Party? Here we go. U.S. President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. That's how they right. have it listed here in that order. Right. So the DNC has to has to somewhat nominate you or elect you and say, we're going to choose you as a leader. And then you're going to run. And then you're going to be like the, um, the, 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 the guy who's going to be running for president or whatever. So the president is going to eventually be the leader of the party. Um, and the second in place is going to be the vice president. But um, as far as the, 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 the Republicans go, that's going to be the, the minority leader because they're not... The, the the leader of them because they're not um, in position of saying we are presidents or we are vice president. So the the president would be considered majority. It's kind of interchangeable how they use it, but it's the minority leader would probably end up being um, the leader of the Republican Party at this point. <sighs> that was civics one-on-one, -on -one, folks. <laughs> politics government and politics one-on-one <laughs> wow listen this is too many um too many levels too many what i'm saying too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes yeah yeah well it, it makes sense though because if you look at it right now mccarthy kevin mccarthy is saying that he's he's looking to become the speaker of the house and and is he is he um is he a democrat you know, so you have to look at it that way. You know, um, it could be anyone at that point. Is mm -hmm. mm -hmm. which House Minority Leader, and uh, he's a Republican. So now he is. Um, he wants to become the, the the Speaker of the House, and once he becomes the Speaker of the House, you're going to have a new Minority Leader. Mm. If he becomes Speaker of the House, yeah, All right. right. And if Nancy Pelosi is no longer the Speaker of the House, then she's probably going to end up with some other role somewhere or you know i don't know <laughs> oh boy all right thank you all thank you very much our next story we're going to close out stories out of north america u.s top judge temporarily halts push to obtain trump's tax records u.s supreme court chief justice john roberts has temporarily blocked a congressional panel's effort to obtain Donald Trump's tax returns, effectively pausing the legal fight over the former president's records as the top court considers the issue.
Roberts's order on Tuesday came in response to an emergency motion by Trump's lawyer to prevent the Democratic-controlled House Ways and Means Committee from getting the tax returns. The Chief Justice set a November 10 deadline for the committee's lawyers to respond. Trump broke with a decades-long tradition and refused to voluntarily release his tax returns as a presidential candidate and subsequently as a president, arguing that he is under an audit by the Internal Revenue Service and the U.S. Tax Agency. An appeals court ruled in August that the congressional panel has a right to see the records. The committee has been trying to force Trump to disclose his tax returns since Democrats won control of the House of Representatives in 2019. Trump has said the push is politically motivated. No Congress has ever wielded its legislative powers to demand a president's tax returns, his lawyers wrote to the Supreme Court on Monday. But the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit ruled earlier this year that the former president is a legitimate subject of congressional scrutiny. While it is possible that Congress may attempt to threaten the sitting president with an invasive request after leaving office, every president takes office knowing that he will be subject to the same laws as all other citizens upon leaving office. The court said this is a feature of our democratic republic, not a bug. The New York Times obtained some of Trump's tax information in 2020 and reported that paid little to no federal tax in the years prior to taking office. The former president, a real estate mogul who has, request, who has suggested he will run for the White House again in 2024, is facing a host of investigations. <sighs> tax returns. Can't they just access it from the IRS? I have to get permission. Oh, if, if they want to access my tax returns, if they want to access our tax returns, aren't they able to just access it or they have to ask us permission to be able to access our tax returns? I'm, I'm curious to know. Anybody knows how that works? Okay. I don't know. I don't see what the issue is. What is he hiding? Just show them the tax return and keep it moving. What are you hiding, Donald? Moments. I, f I feel like they have access to it already. But I think the problem is the issue is making it public. I think that's the issue. I think that they're probably pushing to make it public because that, that's going to throw like a wrench. In, you know, he's, he's a, a very egotistic person. And I think the tax... the those documents are going to show him up that he's not really a billionaire or whatever. And so I think that the, I'm sure they have access to it. I'm sure there are people in, in high offices that know, but it's a matter of making it public and the, the, the legal ramification that could happen, like if they make it public without going through the right process. That's, that's my feeling. So based on that perspective, James, is it, Am I to draw then that there are things on there that would be alarming to the public and hence that's why they're pushing and pushing and pushing for him to say yes, go ahead? Yep, I think that's been obvious from day one. And I think, why you think that he's not, he's not um, you know, open to, because every president before 
I, I, I done that. So, like, and as I said, like, he's very egotistic. So, like, I'm sure that that will just throw, like, a wrench in, in, in everything that he stands for, everything that he's trying to trick people that he is. So I think that's the thing. They, they can't put it out there. And as you said, he, he, has, the, the, he has lawyers and people that are willing to, to take the, you know, the, the fall for him. So, yeah, I don't know where you find these people, but I need to find some of those people too. <laughs> no, I'm <sorry> too. <laughs> murder! As we said, <laughs> in Jamaica, we love follow murder for everything, right? This is, wow. You know what? I have come to the conclusion that he loves being the center of attention. And the more he drags and drags and drags, it's the more his relevance is maintained. Because if he's not in the public, if I, if he's not being talked about, if he is not the center of attention, he doesn't feel normal. I'm convinced. He, this is a reality show for him. Sorry, go right ahead. Yeah, but, but you know what, what's, what's crazy? Because this is not new with Donald Trump for the past decades. Because remember, like I, I was watching a documentary where the, Donald Trump was literally bankrupt in debt and everything with the, with the, um, the, the, the big casino project that, that um, fell. And they were talking to like bank executives and even the executives that were going to go and seize every single thing that he owned. And um, they weren't able to. So I don't know. This guy have some power, some, I don't know if some secret society or whatever. But from that time, you know, when the bank did not come in, they, 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 were, they allowed him to, instead of seizing everything, because I think they were saying something like, if they seized everything, like they would not be able to, to re recoup all their 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 loss so they they kind of partner with him to to recoup um what they could and they allowed him to keep certain things and that's when the, the rebranding started because remember at one point the whole trump plane and the trump tower that's when everything started um so i don't know this as you said yesterday it might have more than cat life i i don't know <laughs> trust me I, I don't know you know one thing one thing we have to realize not because somebody's net worth is Ten billion dollars. That means they have ten billion dollars. You know, and the thing is, Donald Trump is, if you look at his net worth, he is a billionaire based on his net worth. But the thing is, you can't just take away because if you follow Forbes, because Forbes doesn't report fake billionaires. You know, they Forbes when because well, I was looking at um, Donald Trump thing the other day and Kanye West and all them to see what they were and Forbes says he's actually worth 3.2 billion dollars but his real estate is accumulated for about 880 million you know so if you take away his real estate if you take away all that's why they're going after his companies and not him but he has nothing to give you know so they have to target the companies you know, Elon Musk even said he paid less tax than Trump. <laughs> you know, and he came out and said, he said, because he doesn't take a paycheck because he doesn't have to spend money. He doesn't need money because he gets everything based on um, stipends and this and, and all these things, you know, so they don't really have not because they say, yeah, I'm a billionaire. Like, for instance, Kanye West, he's losing all of these 
endorsements and then if you notice his net worth is going down to what from 10 billion to like 400 million you know he's no longer billionaire status you know so targeting these their net targeting the network the, the the companies the assets will take away the status of what they claim of I'm a billionaire. For instance, I can look at my house and say, I'm going to sell my house for $1 million, even though it may worth less than that. And I can claim to be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's really, they don't, he doesn't, he's, he's protecting these assets because that's what he holds the status to. And then we have to look at, um, the, 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 the um, relationship he has with overseas banks and all of that, you know? where there's a lot of monies and a lot of assets been hidden all over the place, you know? Um, so, so that's the thing. Um, you know, we have to really look into it for what it really is and not what we think it is. Yeah. Oh boy. The mighty Donald Trump. <laughs> you know what I would like as I, as we're all talking on a serious note, we need to, teach economic empowerment in schools and if they're not willing to teach it in schools we need to teach ourselves within our communities in our homes it is important it is so important that we get the information to benefit ourselves and to for our children to be able to benefit and pass the information on to them but they will say there's a reason it's not taught in schools you have to figure it out and what I would ask is that those who have the information pass it on. I've noticed that everybody are charged for information, and I get it. I get it. But there are some of you who charge and who got the information for free. Pass it on. That is how you build up your community. We need to be empowered economically. The right way, legitimately, not illegally. Okay, let's make, make that abundantly clear. Because there are benefits and breaks. There are tax breaks that we can benefit from. But because we know not, we don't take advantage. Therefore, we have not. So we need to task ourselves if we're not already doing so. Seek out the information. For some of us are more apt than others when it comes to economics and, and matters of financial um, education and how to transfer or translate and then transfer the information in layman terms so people like myself can have a better understanding and be able to make sound judgment calls. Share the information. Don't be stingy with it. Don't be stingy with it. Um, I'm not sure I remember which state, uh, for Florida, is Florida? Uh, when me, uh, governor, yeah, Florida governor. If I even remember what I would say, but one of them schools up here, and it's like, they must say, oh, high school, they must set it where, or they probably started already, because a couple months ago, or, I was a couple, or maybe last year, I'm not sure. And like they must say, in order for past high school, yeah, yeah, after have, financial education so that the only way you can pass high school or something like that so 
I, I'm not sure I remember exactly which state or which governor um, he says so. Well, it's something no. we can definitely look yeah. up on Google, Alpha. Thanks for highlighting yeah. that. Yeah, you can do that for you. Yeah. I'm not sure I remember which one. Because it's important. We can't wait until children get into college or when they leave college for them to come face to face with understanding finances and how it works. And I think that is the reason why a lot of children leave college. And yes, I still call them children, although they're adults. They leave college with this huge debt. And because we are not um, economically empowered, we're joining this bandwagon of kicking our kids out at 18 or once they finish college, we don't welcome them back in the home. Right there, you're setting them up for financial failure and to live in a cycle of debt, which is not what we should be doing. Anybody look for any of my son, the man tell them, say them no one, they with them because they live at home with their mama. That ain't the girl for you. That is not the girl for you. And it could be because of what I know, my father didn't leave home until he was 34 years old when he got married to my mother. So it could be that. It's what I'm exposed to. So I guess people will look at him and say, I'm a mama's boy, I'm a waist man, I'm a this, I'm a that, because stay in yard. But <laughs> when he got married, his land was purchased and he was able to build his house. Took him two years, but he got it done. You see, we got to change our mindset. I don't want to be with no man that live at home with his mama. How you know I'm not at home with his mama saving up to buy a house cash later to put you in it? Huh? Oh, I don't want no man unless he pushing a BMW or a Benz. Oh, so you want him to take up a thousand dollar car payment when he could probably push a Honda, probably have a $400 car payment and back the other 600 or invest it so that when it's time to pay for the wedding, you ain't got to take out a loan. We're not thinking about that. Oh, and girl, let's put for that already. <laughs> well, let's we're not to um, get the chance people be together. Okay, we just to get to know each other and it's like, we realized we're going to the CM um, Heart, Institute, um, Heart Institute. And she was like, um, I tell her what I did and she was telling me what she's doing there. I was like, alright, cool. And she's like, she said, what kind of work do you do? I said, security. And I said, you? And she said, she work by Brooklyn, she work at oh, Brooklyn supermarket, right in Alpha Tree, that's all, yeah. So she's like, you, have a, you drive? So I said, no, I'm not drive. I know, say, that was the last message. <laughs> Good. So I said, oh. I'm not feeling away. I'm going to say, oh, oh, you want to make a demon, you know? All right, just <laughs> dodge a bullet. Yeah, man. I really think I thought, I couldn't have my mother's place or my auntie's place. I go and chill and I relax. I go and save up some money, you know? And then when I reach enough money, I can go buy a car or go, you know what I mean? What do you call it? Or save up for money to say, all right, I go drop down. I look for Margish King, I look for one house. You get what I say? Yeah. Yeah. So I really think, I really think I thought, Alpha, people don't like when I say this, but it is the truth. We have set ourselves up for economic failure because of the wrong mindset. I really think at that moment, I'm going to tell people all the time, the mindset, change your mindset. Uh, when I'm bridging up here, and he might talk about, oh, he won't go back 
Yeah, you know, which power will, go, will come um, will live and um, don't punches um, you know, the ghetto for the build up. Big, big upstairs and downstairs house. So, Mr. Brother, I idiot. First of all, up here, friend, I kill friend right now on the avenue. And you I go come up here and you go save up money to go back right back in the ghetto where friend I kill friend. Bad mind, red eye, for go build up big house in our local lane, upstairs and downstairs in our local lane. Brother, what are you trying to do? Become a, a target or something? So, what may I reason? I said, brother, I have to come out of the mindset of my G. The money that we are taking and go pay down for one of them apartment style condo like up in a, in a um, uptown or get one of them gated community places like over Portmore or you know what I mean? Down for the North Coast or somewhere. I saw you feel think, why you want to go back and get up here, build a big house and two, two man are pre you and the next thing you know, I last day. Brother, come out of that mindset, brother, and stop trying to stun from people. Even if you know things are stun from people, and next man probably I think that way. You get me, I say? Yeah. Because you yeah, go back in the ghetto for go, have, for go put up something with them not have. You, you see know, me? You know, Alpha, as you're saying that, I remembered a video I saw yesterday. It's a group of young people sitting down talking, a diverse group of young people. And they were talking about the stimulus checks. Well, I shouldn't call it stimulus checks. The um, student loan um, re program that Biden introduced, of course, which is under heavy fire, too. The Republicans are not happy about it. And um, that they would be issuing the checks and not sending the money directly to um, the student loan hold finances whatever you want to call it but hold on before i even say that here's a video let me play this video hopefully you can hear it uncle joe we gotta talk now uncle joe it was my impression that the student loans were going to go to the lender but you finna send out checks to us allegedly in two weeks Uncle Joe, um, you know how you said you were considering lifting the black community out of poverty and how doing this will do that? Um, let me just explain to you how the reason why we got student loans, some of us got student loans, is because living expenses were included in the loans that we took out. Um, and I just want to relate to you that wages have not gone up, healthcare has not been universal, these bills gotta get paid, rent is too damn high, mortgages are high. And did I mention that the wages didn't go up? Uncle Joe, sir, you gonna get my vote, I'm not gonna even lie to you, but you sending checks of possibly $20,000 to people who are already struggling, sir, I don't know what to tell Sally Mae. <laughs> you know what she's saying right there, right? Some people are going to get the checks and not make the student loan payments. They're going to, I hope if they decide not to, they're going to invest it wisely. But we know how that's going to go. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Statistics speak for themselves. So as I was saying, um, <laughs> yes, Tasha. <laughs> um, so 
as I was saying before I played that clip, there was a group of young people who were sitting down and talking, a very diverse group of people. Um, majority of the group, they were black kids or mixed kids, right? And probably about one or two white kids were there. And the big concern of the, um, the mixed kids and the, the black kids was that the checks, the money is going to go into people's hands and is going to end up in the malls. In designer clothes, designer bags, designer shoes, longest weave, so on and so forth, and not given to the intended sort um, persons, being the whoever you owe the money to for the student loans. They also talked about reparations and that. While they support the idea, they do not support checks being given to individuals. One young lady said, I would never want that check to come into individuals in the community I'm from because I know exactly what's going to happen. What I would rather is that money is, give, is given to the community as a whole. Let us work on the school, better education, provide resources whether it's after school programs that children can go to to get extra help at zero cost to them and that way they can lift themselves up academically and after doing so academically in the future it will lead them to lift themselves up economically and i was like wow young people stand up i applaud that now they also went on to say we could use it in the communities to see to it that there is better health care provisions in said communities. And I agree. Whilst I agree with that, you know, reparation should be paid, I 100% don't support giving a check to anybody because we know how that's going to go. Can I say something, moment? Yes, 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 yes. And that's yes. why, you know, one, one of the things that I've always believed is that, like, as a black people, especially, like, as Jamaicans, like, Marcus Garvey, like, I could talk about Marcus Garvey every day. Um, and I believe that if his words were distributed, like, the same way the Bible was distributed, we would have been a better person. Because you remember back in the days with Madame C.J. Walker when she when she did the, the hair straightening thing and he was addressing a bunch of black women and he said look remove the kink from your mind and not from your from your head <laughs> and he was he was pretty much saying him that look this old straighten hair thing or whatever straighten out your mind first and empower yourself and that's that those words still resonate today you know so i i believe that if we had listening more we'd have been a better people yeah Thank you, James. Go right ahead. Uh, who has their mic open? Someone has their mic open. Javet, go right ahead. It was me. I also don't feel that they should give the checks to individuals, even though I know that my daughter would not spend it on frivolous stuff. I still had to remind her mm -hmm. because when you put money in a hand, in the hand of a person who's never had it, hmm. I think most people 
<laughs> I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the right way to say it without offending anybody. Right. Most people may not know what to do with it, even though it was given to you for a reason. Right. Okay. And not because you're a person that is wayward or anything like that. Ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars is more in these people's in young person or because it's even adults it's not just the young kids that are getting this loan forgiveness that some may not have ever had one time in their life so even if they don't spend frivolously they may want to fix their house they may want to pay some bills for their grandparents or something like that and it still won't go to the intention that it was supposed to so since they already know who they owe and how much is owed, why not just distribute the checks to those people? That's period. what I say to Javette. Meaning the loan people. Because let me yeah. tell you something, Javet. Hold on one second. Let me tell you something, Javet. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. How many times have you got money in your hand for an intended purpose and the devil sit down waiting, setting you up, carrying it for fix all of a sudden? Some emergency comes up out of the blue and you're like, between a rock and a hard place, what do I do? Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, the we have to really, we have to really look into ourselves before we 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 place judgment on what's going on because these guys are politicians, regardless if you support them or not. And that they are politicians first. They're they're professionals. They're they're <laughs> they've been doing this all their life. We have to remember, there's a midterm midterms are coming up midterms are here they're going to do everything to get every last vote and putting money in people's hand is going to give them votes regardless <laughs> if it's right or wrong not only that but on the other side we have to really think about the logistics behind some of these things i do a scholarship in jamaica um called this is jamaica's um, poetry scholarship and we were distributing trying to distribute some money last year to the bursaries of the school because we went to the Jamaica Teachers Association and we found it difficult to give the schools the money for the children so we had to give the parents the money and what we find is um, some of the schools didn't even want to take some of the, some of the money because the way the laws are set up it will affect how they report their taxes and all kind of logistic stuff you know, so I'm not saying this is the case, and I know in America they can do anything they want to do if they really decide to do it. But there's a midterm coming up, you know, and it really makes sense for the politician. It may make sense to us, and we can sit and talk about it all day. Because when they need the black votes, if you listen to Malcolm X, the ballot or the bullet, you'll you'll understand why some of these things happen the way it is. But I think it's for us as parents, really. Um, a lot of us miss the point. Of, of taking advantage of education the, the, the right way. For instance, when we're in Jamaica, we go to high school. We are, when you're in high school, you learn business, you learn economics and all that. They don't necessarily teach that here. They just give you a highlight. So we kind of have a little bit more edge of getting that type of education. But what about the kids here that don't take advantage of dual enrollment? In high school, you come out of high school with an associate degree. And once you get into that college, all kind of grants is going to open up to you because you already have an associate. But because we know it's there and the loans are there, we just wait until we get to college to apply for it. And that's what um, I think it was. Was it James or someone was saying that it's the mindset we have to change. 
So when we get to this point, we don't sit down and worry if we're going to get a check or we're going to get it or not, you know? We right. have to be independent. And that's what even Marcus Garvey was saying, um, that James said. We have to be independent. We're putting ourselves in these positions and then telling each other that it's wrong the way they're doing it. Well, you shouldn't have taken it in the first place if we were just aligned properly with, that, with the mindset that we should have had going in. You know, and it's for us to really guide our kids, take advantage of dual enrollment. They have it. They have it. Get your associate degree while you're in high school. When you go to college, grants are open up. You don't need one loan. And I'm going to... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I'm, I apologize. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say this. It takes a village because a lot of us as parents may not have access to that information so it's the blind leading the blind and some schools may not necessarily want to pass that information on and we know how that game goes but i will say this persons like yourself and like javette and like everyone else in here when we get access to information we pass it on and say hey you know you can do this and I'm highlighting Javette's name because she works with children who are doing applications for college. So she is in a position to mentor them and to guide them for them to be successful as they navigate. Because I'm sure Javette has information that the regular person may not have out there. Right? So we, this is how we build our communities, by the sharing of the information, which goes back to what I said earlier. We have to get, so Peter, you are aware that there is a program, there is such a program within the schools, right? That you don't have to wait to be elected to do the AP um, courses. And let us explain to them the benefit. Hey, take on the AP, challenge yourself, take on the AP course, because it is going to set you up for this, 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 and this, putting you ahead of the eight ball not behind it makes yeah, sense but well, let me ask javed a question though how is it that when my son was going to school and he got he was a um junior before he got to a senior i went to the school and figured out what's going on what's going to happen when he has to go to college i took that responsibility and i went and the information was right there in the school the information was right there. It's not like the information was made for me personally. It's there. But a lot of parents, they don't... If no, no Nowadays, a lot of parents don't have time to go even go to the schools to, for, for a meeting, you know. You know, so the information is there. So if Javette, if you can um, just tell me if I'm wrong when I say the information is actually in the school. It's the... it's But it's, it's us as parents. Us as parents to 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 know what's there to guide it the information is there but i could be wrong so javette if you can just tell me so i just walked into the conference room so i can speak okay so i currently volunteer with this mentoring of high school students with their applications into college yes the information is there right but like this one student that I just had, the guidance counselor for the school was only one out of an entire senior population of high school students, as well as the other grades. So 
when the information was given to him, it was just, here's a piece of paper. This is what you need to do. And that's it, right? The reason why I'm doing it is because my mother was one of those mothers that couldn't go up to the school and ask questions. And I learned all what I learned through trial and error. I had no one in the community to help me through college, even though the information was there. I lived right across the street from a library and didn't even know to ask the questions for some questions, you know? So the information is out there, but sometimes, sometimes you don't even have to question in your head to go find out where I can get help. And like I told this one student I have, I have three this year. He went to the counselor and said, I need help filling out my Common App. And the counselor just basically dashed him away. And he was speaking to me and I told him, I said, look, I understand how you feel, but sometimes you have to also understand that the people that are working in the school are stressed out as well. It's not, and I'm not saying all of them, it's not that they don't want to help you, it's they don't have the time to help everyone, right? So I said, this is what I want you to do. I'm helping him find information. I said, but I want you to just go into the app, write down the questions, go to this woman, make an appointment with her, and let her see in your email that you have A, B, C, D, E, F, G questions. So she know that she just uh, you don't want to just have her hold your hand and go through each step. Because that could be where her mindset is. I really can't sit here with every student and hold their hand through a common app or through a FAFSA form. So when he did that, he went back to her. And let me tell you, this woman is like his number one fan right now. And he just came back to me and it's a, he lives in Florida. And he said, Miss Javette, I so appreciate what you just said to me. But he didn't even think about that. He didn't even think about that. And I told him this, what you just did is not going to work just for school. It's going to work throughout your life. Because sometimes when you go to people, they just think, oh, this person just want a hand, his hands to be held. Or yeah. they want me to do all the work. So sometimes you have to show that you did some of the work. But the information is there. But unfortunately, you don't have the teachers out there that have the time to give to everyone. You don't have the parents that have the time to go up to school to get the information. And then as our kids, some kids stay in a clique where they share information and others don't. So what's the solution you think? For me, why I volunteer doing this is because I didn't have it. The solutions I know in some schools. So I was part of my daughter's PTO. I brought this question to the school. Maybe we can have a parent night that we can sit down with all the parents and some of the children and help them go through the common app. I know some people do that. You know, I mean, um, social media is like the big, the easiest thing for me right now. If you want to do something, just go on social media. Every school has a website. Go on the website and as a parent or as a child, 
see if you can request, can someone come into school? Can we find someone to help students? Because out of this population of 300, we have 100 that need help. That's, that's why I say sometimes you can't sit back and wait for people to come to you. You have to go to where you can find the help. But that's all for me. I learned that through trial and error. Closed Thank mouths you. don't get fed. Thank you so much, Javette. Go right ahead, Peter, and then I'm going to keep it moving. So you said the solution is for them to find the information, and that's exactly what I was saying before, that the information is there. But the thing is, they're not finding it. That's why we find these, we find ourselves in that situation. It could be for various reasons. And it doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're at fault because it could be a single parent who just don't even have time to go to the school and hope school doesn't even give early, early release so they can work a full day. You know, so it could be. But what I would think is because this information we're getting here is super important because we're here talking about and we're hearing there's a deficiency. And I, I think I'm very result-driven. So I'm thinking that maybe there should be, in, in each of these, these communities, especially the black communities, we should have some form of organizations where, do you know there's organization, you can form an organization and get certain status and government will give you money to serve your community. So, um, but, but Peter, so, on a lower level, why you wait for an organization? You because, have this information, Peter. So go right. up to your school as a parent well, that's what I said. It. That's what I said. That's what I said the first time. I said the information is there, but a lot of parents don't. Have, and you, you know what? You defended it to say, well, a lot of parents they can't do this. They don't have the time. Whatever, whatever it was. So we're back to square one again. You know how do they take it? Because it's there for them to get certain things. So the thing is, you're doing your part, but you're one person. You know, um, parents who are single parents, they don't have a lot of times they hope school doesn't even give holidays so they can go to work. You know, so I'm thinking, what is the solution now to make it even a broader, um, to be the information to, 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 to get to some parents without them have to, parents who are facing, facing challenges, you know, for them to even get that information and get help through. What is the real solution you know, what is it? How can, how, how do you fix this? Not saying that you have the solution, <laughs> you know, I'm not expecting I, have I think solution. the conversations, mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think the conversations that we have in this room, the conversations that we have each morning that's streaming out on the airwaves mm -hmm. is going to allow a person to say, you know what, I'm going to go and speak to my neighbor. Right. We had conversations where neighbors aren't even speaking to neighbors. That's how information gets disseminated by spreading it not waiting for an organization to send it out you just spread it peter yeah. you know something so you're going to come in here and you're saying it in the room mm. and now we're able to take it somewhere else when we don't know the information we go to google right now in this room and go find out things yeah but are we going to take that's it how. that that my concern is we hear you it. can't make my somebody take it that's the no. thing that's the thing <laughs> no so i agree there you go there you go that's my concern. Are we going? Because a lot of times I've, I've sat in a lot of board meetings and all this, and we come up with all these great ideas. But when the board meeting is done, guess what? Nothing happens. Here's the yeah. thing, Peter. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we are playing a pivotal role in the, the whole, the entire dynamic, right? Meaning, 
as Javette pointed out, you bring information, Javette brought information. So in bringing the information, we are raising an awareness. And the beauty about radio is that people are listening. People are listening. So we may not be able to put a pulse on, a, put a finger on the pulse as to how it translates. We can only hope that someone listening will grab on, latch on, and if it's not beneficial to them, they can pass it on to somebody and say, hey, you know, I heard this conversation. Go check this thing out. But the truth of the matter is at the end of the day, it's you, the individual who has to want it. You can take somebody by the hand, lead them to the water. You can't force them to drink. And I know what that is because you used to, my parents used to give me milk for drink. And I said, turn them back down the drain. You see what I'm saying? They know the benefits as a child, what milk, the benefits the milk had for my body. Me never know. Me never understand it. So I'm going to walk away from it. I dash it away. And a lot of people do the same thing. They get this information that is life-changing for themselves, for their children, for their families, for their communities, so on and so forth. But they go nowhere with it. And the truth is you can't force them. If, right. if 10 people hear it, let us hope that at least three people will benefit from it and make a change. And it starts that way. Right, right. So we do our part. We raise the awareness. We talk about it. If we're not so sure, my faithful Google, we jump on there, we pull up what we can find, and we spread the word through the means uh, that we have available to us. But that's the best we can do right now. You know what I mean? Right. All right. I hope, you never met, I hope your mother don't know say you said that she had the milk, you know. <laughs> she know. I tell her. I told her when I got older. <laughs> I told her. You know, they used to buy the kid. You know who remembers long life milk? That come yeah. in the box with a straw on the side. And it, that used to be packed in my lunch pan to go to school. And then when I'm at home and then pour the milk in a one glass, could have, you could have put um syrup in there, anchor syrup. Who remembers anchor strawberry syrup? You could have put that in there till you're full. As you turn your back, down the drain. <laughs> so, good for us, but we don't all take it in, right? So, I, my prayer is that whoever is so inclined, they are able to follow through, right? And make a change. Make a change. And even if it's one person, Peter, it's one person more. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Um, stories out of the international scene. Russia joins UN deal to ship grain from Ukraine, easing food insecurity concerns. Story courtesy of NPR.org. Russia has returned to the United, United Nations brokered deal to safely ship Ukrainian grain through the Black Sea. Russia's move to suspend participation over the weekend has caused a spike in global wheat prices and raised fresh concerns over international food shortages. Based on our conversation with Mr. Putin yesterday, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu called our National Defense Minister Hulusi Akar to say that as of 12 p.m. yesterday, that is, the exports of grain will continue as they had. In a statement, Russia's defense ministry said it agreed to renew its participation in the grain deal 
after the UN and Turkey secured written assurances from Ukraine that shipping corridors would not be used for military purposes. And we head down to South America for our next story from the uh, Latin American scene. Jair Bolsonaro, the Amazon, and why the world was watching Brazil's elections. As Brazilians prepared to pick Jair Bolsonaro or Luis Inácio Lula da Silva as their new president, the future of the largest rainforest in the world hung in the balance. There is no such thing as silence in the Amazon, the rustle of the trees, the bird song, the drips of water and leaves after a heavy downpour. The forest is always talking, but then, ever so often, it is rudely interrupted. Nature's conversation drowned out by the hum of planes or helicopters overhead. Most of the aircraft belong to illegal gold miners heading to sites to deliver supplies. The people mm, of the Amazon, yeah, they are affected and they feel that the authorities are doing the same not caring. The remoteness, the remoteness of the Yanomami territory is the reason for its beauty as well as its strife. Close to 30,000 people live a hunter-gather lifestyle on a reserve the size of Portugal. The land is highly coveted, rich in gold and minerals. It has long been in the sights of illegal miners, but in 1992, a presidential decree recognized the Yanomami people's rights to the land. While mining activity decreased after their land was protected, in the past four years under President Jair Bolsonaro, it has hit new highs. The region is experiencing an illegal gold rush. The small indigenous villages close to the gold deposits are the hardest hit. The health centers have become a sort of frontline field hospital. It is a simple wooden hut with intermittent electricity and just a radio to contact the outside world. There's a steady line of people wanting to be seen. Mothers sit on the floor with their babies, bellies distended and their hair discolored, a clear sign of malnutrition among children. One woman who appears to be in her 20s comes in looking very weak. She's hooked up to a drip and laid on the only bed in the center. The health worker explains she is too malnourished and dehydrated. Outside, there is a makeshift ward for more patients. A simple wooden frame with leaves for a roof and hammocks for beds. Everyone in the shelter has malaria. Yet another disease brought in by outsiders. History repeating itself, right? And making the Yanomami people sick. The illegal miners are working near the village and they keep getting closer and closer and closer. There's a lot of smoke from the machines and that smoke is making the children sick. It causes tummy ache, malnutrition. The children get skinny. And before, they did not have so much illness. There were far less serious diseases and they were able to bounce back and get better quickly. The problem, illegal mining, illegal deforestation. Locals have complained that the surveillance of practices detrimental to the Amazon has fallen. Now, you're probably wondering, well, why should we care? 
I have spoken about the Amazon in here several times, and we have to care. We rely on the Amazon for oxygen. If they move into the Amazon and they cut down every single tree, what does that leave for us? What, you're going to breathe money? You're going to breathe gold? You're going to breathe wood? It's the end of life. And even those who are hungry and greedy and desperate for this money to pack up and pad up their bank books, they too are going to feel the effects because they too are going to die. Too comfortable with displacing the indigenous by any means necessary because we do not think of them first and foremost as human beings. We don't think that they deserve, that they are deserving. And we have this mentality that we must take whatever we want. Well, that is the mentality that resulted in the colonization of the world, right? I see. I want it. I take it. I don't care. What happens to the people who were there before? But we have to pay attention to the Amazon. Whether you want to believe it or not, research is available. Jump on Google. We rely on the Amazon. It serves us too. And, and when you bring in diseases such as malaria, cholera, your plan is to eliminate a group of people, clearly, knowing that their healthcare resources are limited and they're heavily reliant on nature, not the quick fix that chemical pharmaceuticals provide that you have access to. So it is a selfish feat to knowingly go in there and pass these, pass these diseases on to get rid of this group of people so that you can then go behind and claim land that is not yours. That's all it is. The old mill, grinding steady, grinding still. To what do we owe? Go ahead, Afo. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just um, yeah, basically king from Asia, not in high school, I'm tell about. You know what I mean? Plants and what the forest, forest do for you and produce, help produce oxygen and all them something there. You know what I mean? So that's like basic knowledge we learn at school. You get me? But again, everybody pay attention in the class still. Uh, but it really, like I say, history repeating itself, yeah, man. And it's like, you no, know, it's like, it come at them now. They don't have no arm, like no, no, no body for like really fight for them. And even if you have some persons who, you know, what I mean, go, go rally in front of some, I guess, some business place or some politician home or whatever it is, it's like it, it sometimes, well, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's like it just not go nowhere because, as we say, it's like they must see them as a human being. You get what I'm saying? Because that's how them those demons, those evil entities um, go about and gain them wealth 
So it's like I'm just continue to just do it and do it and do it all over again. You know what I mean? So, but it really, it really and truly, it really and truly sad, yo. Honestly, it really and truly sad what happened to them. Um, same thing will take place in Africa um, with, the, with the tribe. And so easily go and take out the people them land. You know what I mean? Just because the people them have an arrow and spear <laughs> and they see them less than and them and say, oh, we have a gun and plus we have money back with. You know, it was so easy for them to go uh, manangle the people them, be very violent with the people them and take what them land. And the same thing I'm going to do. You know, but well, hopefully one day the earth will clean, get rid of the parasites them. You know what I mean? Like, really I look forward to it, man. Really and truly I look forward for the earth just say, you know what, enough is enough, time for get rid of the parasites them. Yeah man, but really I'm sure I look forward for it man, like real talk, you know. Yeah man, it's sad, it really I'm sure it's sad. It is sad, Afo, it is sad. Alright, we are almost at the end of the rope. Let me see if I can squeeze in these two stories. Three-year-old son of Nigerian music star Davido drowns. And we know who Davido is, I hope we're familiar with some of his songs. The three-year-old son of Nigerian music star Davido has died in an apparent drowning in the swimming pool at the singer's house, according to police. The singer, whose real name is David Adaleke, was not at the residence in Lagos at the time his son Ifiani died on Monday night. The child's mother, Chioma Roland, was also away, according to Lagos police spokesman Ben Hundayan. Authorities were interviewing eight of the pop star's employees who were at the residence, he said. Neither parent has spoken publicly about their son's death just two weeks after his third birthday. The global award-winning musician 29 got engaged to Roland, a popular chef sorry, in 2019, and the couple had said recently they planned to marry next year. And of course, the death leaves a heartache no words can heal. So we do offer condolences to you, Davido and Chioma. And our other story, Migos rapper Takeoff was killed by a stray bullet, the record label claims. Well, his record company has claimed a statement, courtesy of BBC.com. The 28-year-old Grammy-nominated musician died on Tuesday in a shooting at a bowling alley in Houston, Texas. Paying tribute, his record label said in a statement, senseless violence and a stray bullet has taken another life from this world and we are devastated. Houston Police Chief Troy Finnis said he did not want to speculate on whether takeoff was the target. He added, based on what people say about him, he's well-respected, non-violent. I would not expect him to be involved, but I do want to wait on the investigation. But we have no reason to believe that he was involved in anything criminal at the time. Just as people describe him as a very peaceful, loving, and great entertainer. He pleaded with witnesses at the scene to come forward. Please step up, get the information to us so we can bring some closure to this family who is hurting right now. And that's what he said at a press conference yesterday afternoon. The shooting took place at about 2.30 local time on a balcony outside the 810 Billiards and Bowling Alley, where Takeoff had reportedly been playing dice with his uncle and bandmate, Quavo. Police said 40 to 50 guests had been, I'm sorry, police said 40 to 50 guests had been at a private party when someone opened fire. When they arrived, 
Officers said they found a large crowd and a man with a gunshot wound to the head or neck, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Two other people, a 24-year-old man and a 23-year-old woman, were injured and were driven to hospital in private vehicles. No arrests have been made. Um, I'll say this real quick, and then I have to go to the wrap-up. But um, one thing I don't like, I abhor I hate it. You see someone dying and you take out your phone and you're recording that and then you post that the death on social media. I don't like it. I really don't. Right? I don't. I know it was done in the case of George Floyd and thankfully it was done because that um, provided the outcome, the legal outcomes that we had. But what I'm finding is that people are more, if it's being done for the right reason, fine. But what I'm finding is that people are doing it for likes. For clout. Please don't do that. Don't do that. If you're doing it to provide it to law enforcement, if you are able to capture anything, that's different. But to post it up for likes, that's a problem. And I'm just saying, whenever you're recording, Think about the motive and the reason that you're doing it. If it's for likes, don't do it. If it's to help solve and bring awareness to a situation, that's different. And say thank you to all the listeners who logged on to qmzradio.com the quality music zone and janoradio.com and to everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you were listening to coffee in tow world news on the go we do this every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views always great conversation shared views varying opinions and interesting perspectives remember you can find me on twitter at me media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media also on tiktok moments with me media and the mean everything is mi Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one favor. Please be safe. 
Catch you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern for Coffee and Toe. And tomorrow we also go live on FutureFM.net and FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Mount Vernon, and Westchester. Kimsey Radio, Jano Radio, this is Moments with me, signing out.